Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Glad you're along for the ride. Hayes Carlion is here. Lauren Brooks, Andrew Gibson. I'm Frank Frangie on the two-day eve of the Super Bowl. I'm excited about this Super Bowl. Absolutely. I am excited about this one. I had forgotten how much I dislike all the fanfare leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think it's my least favorite part of the NFL. Okay. I I, I think I can come with you on that. And I said that before. It's something felt. Yeah. 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 Me too. I don't love all the fanfare. The, the honors are good, but there's fanfare. Because even like the preseason games, I'm at least excited football is back. Right. right. So even though they're only fun to watch for like the first five or so minutes, like I'd rather have that than day 10 of breaking down the same football game. <laughs> and all the silliness, like like you said, Frank, when we first talked about the Super Bowl last yeah. week, the silliness part of it, like the yeah. opening night, and it still feels like today. It's just dragging on and on. Like, let's go. Yeah, let's just make it a regular week. And when you're a big deal, and the NFL is, and the Super Bowl is its biggest deal, you deal with this. But I, but I agree. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to play ball. You heard I, the silliest question this week, didn't you? A reporter asked Nick Sirianni if mm-hmm. this was a must-win game. That's that's a phenomenal question. They also the asked him. That is a I, I that is phenomenal. Is the Super Bowl a must-win game? They also you. asked him, which Eagles player would you not let your daughter date? And he goes, my daughter's five, yeah, that so was, none yeah. of them. What kind of a question is that? Somebody didn't do their a homework. Bad one. Yeah, that's yeah. a terrible question. But I, lo- I love the must-win game. That is tre- that's a tremendous question. Yeah. Is the Super Bowl a must-win game? That is awesome. Wow. And he's like deadpan voice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it tremendous. is. Oh. All right, man, we got all kind of stuff to do. Um, one more uh, fantastic game last night. Uh, UNF Gulf Coast. I hated it for the Ospreys. Uh, Gulf Coast won the game by two. Lauren and I were there till the end of that thing. They won it by two. The um, the down down one. Gulf Coast got a kick out three with about five seconds left. And so help me from where we we were in the hospitality area up above, which I, is just fantastic. It was, they did a great. I don't want to get to that. They did, but it almost looked like it kissed off the glass. Now it probably I think it did. It, it, it was. It was a corner three. The corner three doesn't hit the glass, but I thought it hit the glass. It was weird. Anyway, it went in. Uh, so down two, we all Which won- is like that never happens. You no, never get a bank the, shot from the corner. Never. And, but and, that's and, what happened. I, I, could, I said the same thing. I was I was watching it with with Joe Joe Cowart and, and and another buddy of ours, and and I said, did that thing hit the glass? And Joe wasn't sure it did, and but I thought maybe it did. But anyway, so so UNF now has to make a decision. I was convinced you're UNF. You shoot a three for the win, but they didn't. They penetrated. They tried to get a little run. Placer shot a little runner, went in and out. Hendrickson tried for the rebound, couldn't corral it, and then and Gulf Coast hung on. Weren't you expecting a three at the end? I was because that's what they're made of, yeah. it seems. And you're down two. You're at home. You but, know? yeah, at the same time, yeah. you also know that Placer is good from pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. It, that and he had a great right. look. He just didn't go he in. Did. So, yeah. but, but, uh, but, it was but, so close, though. But the, the job they've done with the hospitality area where you can watch the game – a lot of folks there last night. It was it was really a good setting. And so so one more time, we said it a bunch yesterday. Um, tip of the cap to uh, to Nick Morrow and the UNF folks. Who I know how hard they worked on that. Uh, the friends from CSI certainly were very involved in, in in helping them redo that. And it was a it was a wonderful setting for basketball. Last the night. Bank of England people too. That's right, because that they they yeah. oversee the uh, the hospitality suite itself. So, but it was a wonderful setting. Um, two tough losses. Ju barely loses to Stetson. Makes a run at the end. Got it to a point. 
uh, trailing most of the game, but Stetson made a few free throws, and JU couldn't catch him. So JU uh, got it close, but JU, both JU and UNF lose at home. Critical games last night for both teams, uh, both narrow losses at home to two good teams. Yeah, really devastating losses, uh, to be honest, because they're now in a three-way tie for ninth with Gulf Coast at 5-8 and eight in league play, and only 10 teams are going to make this thing. So uh, the good news is, if there is any, uh, the the three teams at the bottom are, are all uh, two games back. So it does appear like it will be two of these three between Gulf Coast, UNF, and JU will get in. Right. But look, you're getting in as the nine or the ten. Right. Probably going to be a short you, week for you. Get, you. you get liberty. Yeah. Yeah. If you get it, if you, is there any buys? Or there are, and I'd have to look at the bracket. Well, with ten, but, be a buy. but it's going to be tough because you're going to. I think they're going to have to play the first day. Then play a team that had a bye. Yeah, I think Liberty and Kennesaw get double buys if that's where the standings are. Both those teams are eleven and two. And they're the best two teams. And the other thing too is there was still a chance that UNF or JU could make a run at getting to maybe the four seed if if they got super hot. Now that's pretty much eliminated. They're three games back of Lipscomb, who is the five. So it's gonna be, I think, even if they get hot now. Probably hard to climb any higher than six would be my guess because um, there's just not that many games left. Yeah. I think they've only got like five games left. So um, if you're three back with five to play, that's that's awfully difficult. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it, it was really tough because, I, I mean, it, it's going to be a shame. to You're in a 14-team league and 10 go to the conference tournament and you're right. not one of the 10. Yeah. That's going to be pretty disappointing. Yeah, it's tough. And, and, and a real important – bounce back afterwards for 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 Jordan Mincy and certainly for Matt, Matthew Driscoll who's had much success in that league but you you said it you described it perfectly that that's that's how important that those games were and they, they got to find a way to get going so by the way Carter Hendrickson only had 3 points in over 30 minutes of, yeah, it was of a, play that's the tough one it, it was an odd game to watch cuz he's a really good player mm-hmm. And um and no, but Gulf Coast played a good game. It was, it was a great game. I mean, it twenty was back, lead changes. It, was, it was were there twenty? Yeah. It was back and forth and back. I didn't, well, that that really says it. Twenty mm-hmm. lead changes. That's a lot in any game, any sport, any level. But it was really a back and forth game. And it was fun to watch. So uh, last night at UN, we'll talk about Coach of the Year. Um, I'm not. I'm really not trying to be Homer guy. We got so caught up in the in the madness of and the excitement of what this the end season was for the Jags that anytime we say something pro Jags and anti the opponent, whoever the opponent is, and Brian Dayball was the opponent last night in terms of who was going to be coach of the year, it sounds like we're just locking into more of the homerism, and, I, and I'm guilty. I tend to be guilty of that anyway. It's just kind of who I am. So I, I'm going to make the point after our first break. But I, but I, there's no doubt in my mind the coach of the year should have been Doug Peterson. There's also no doubt in my mind it wasn't going to be Doug Peterson because all the attention that Dayball had gotten – uh, throughout the course of the year. Hey, Hayes, I know you want to weigh in on that because you had talked about your thoughts about Dayball as well. Chad Hall, a brand-new wide receivers coach. Like what? it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do too. Uh, yeah, any thoughts on, on, on him at all? Any- well, I mean, I like the fact that he comes from Buffalo, uh, and so he's obviously got a lot of NFL experience. Uh, it's funny kind of that he was a, a Jaguar for a very brief moment right, in time. Right. I didn't remember that. I did. I remember yeah, he, I mean, he, it was a cup of coffee now. Yeah, it was quick. Yeah. Um, but uh, – you know, so I, I like it. I mean, I think any time that you know, uh, here's here's the bottom line: Doug Peterson wants him. Right. That's all I need to hear. Well said. So I mean, I'm fine with whoever. If he wants to hire Bozo the Clown to coach receivers, <laughs> then I'll give Bozo the Clown my full support. Um, but uh, but no, I I mean, I like his credentials, and 
I obviously he's uh, you know Buffalo has an exciting group of receivers. So yeah, I'm I'm I I don't think you're gonna really notice it either way. Um, but I think I think it's a fine addition. Yeah, he he certainly. And we'll talk more later about it. He certainly seems to fit this staff. Young, energetic, off right, offensive minded. I mean that's I mean Press Taylor's young. Mike Caldwell's young. You go up and down that staff. Guys in positions of significance. Young, energetic guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited. So and and really to be honest, if if everybody else stays, uh, you know, if Jim Bob Cooter ends up not getting right. a, a, a better job somewhere else and better, I just mean more responsibility. Um, it's fantastic. I don't know the last time, maybe it was recently, but just off the top of my head, seems like it's been a really long time since the Jaguars only lost like one coach off their staff in an off season. Right. Uh, so, and for it to be the receivers coach, which, you know, again, just all due respect that that would be pretty far down the list of, you know, important positions for me uh, in building a staff. So I, I particularly when your head coach is an offensive guy, I, I, I think the cohesiveness and the familiarity that they're able to keep intact is just remarkable. So a lot of things we'll talk about today. We'll get more to Chad Hall later on in the program. The Hall of Fame class has been announced. We'll certainly get to that. We'll give you our thoughts on that. Uh, now we now know that all the conference change will be next year, or not this season, but it'll be the 24 season. So there's no more debate now. Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC starting next year. I assume three six. They're going to go to nine, and three six will be the model. Is that your guess? That's what they should do. They haven't said it, but they does, haven't said it. But, but doesn't that seem to have the momentum? I don't know how you can have yeah. 16 teams in your league and only play eight conference yeah, games. That, particularly if there's not a. Division. I think all the momentum is three six no division, and I can't imagine that. I mean, I, I'm not even hearing anything else. Yeah. Are, are you? I mean, same with you. Three three. I six. think they were they were tinkering with oh just a one permanent and eight one, rotating. One, is that was, right? I think it was one seven, and they were staying at eight. Okay, maybe that I, was. I think what it was. was. I think there was one seven, and you stay and at you eight. Stay at eight or three six, and you go to nine. Is what I've heard. Those Would you the, like one and eight? I like three and six. I, I don't want to not play Tennessee. If I'm a Florida guy, yeah. I think you need to play Georgia and Tennessee. I don't care who yeah, else you play. But it's weird because I saw that I, maybe it was Ross Dellinger tweeted out just for fun, kind of yeah. his his right. breakdown of how he thinks it might land. How, how he thinks the 3-6 would go. And he thought the Florida 3 would be, I think, Georgia, South Carolina, and Oklahoma. Really? Yeah. I, he, he, I can't fathom that Florida, Tennessee – if there's a three, if there's a three six, Florida will play Tennessee. I, I can, I can, you can write. And that I don't down. know if that's maybe from a competitive. See, that's the thing is the yeah. league's going to have to look at this and say, well, how do we want to structure this? And and you're judging this on not really knowing what is if you if you're trying to make it balanced, they shouldn't. They should just put the the biggest rivals together because that's what people want to see. So I mean, if you're a Florida fan, you'd rather play Tennessee, I think, just because you love that game even if Tennessee's going to be good, then play South Carolina, who you have basically no history with uh, in terms of any sort of hatred. I mean, they've played every year since 92, but very few of those games have meant anything. And, uh, you know, in Oklahoma, I, I would not want – it's not I – think, I think Oklahoma and Texas are going to struggle. So I think from a competitive standpoint, it would be fine for Florida to be paired with one of those three or one of those two. But uh, – but it, to me, it should be absolutely Georgia, Tennessee, and then throw in whoever else. It's funny what you said. You you were one step ahead of me of where I'm going to go with the show today. Let on we get to that. How will Texas and Oklahoma do? 
and I got a lot. I, I, I agree with you, and we're going to – we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I, I got a lot of thoughts about that. It, it, again, I'm an SEC homer too. This is homer day today. But, I, uh, <laughs> but I've got a lot – I think you're on to something, and so we'll certainly talk about that coming up on the program. Today. Let's take a break. I want to start with – we'll, we'll get to the Hall of Fame in a bit. I want to start with the coach of the year. Brian Dable only got named. Uh, by now, if you read Twitter, if you heard us talk, I think Doug Peterson should have been the coach of the year. I will explain why. That's how we'll kick off the program. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to recruit. <laughs> I got the Boses, the Watt. Jerry said I could borrow the star. Jimmy said he's going to help me out. I need all your cousins, your mom and them, your nephews. Send them right to Colorado. We good? <laughs> all right. And don't have no NIL money either, by the way. And the 2022 AP Coach of the Year is Brian Dable. So here's my thought on that, Dion, of course, uh, presenting. Um, Brian Dable did a very good job. The, the Giants had been a struggling franchise. They were 4-13 and 13 a year ago. He got them to 9-7-1 and one in a very difficult division. He got them into the playoffs. He got a road playoff win before the Eagles blasted him. He made something of Daniel Jones, and there had been some belief that there wouldn't be much to Daniel Jones. I have no problem with him being a, a highly sought or highly regarded candidate for coach of the year, and in many years would have been the guy I voted for as the coach of the year. I had no problem with Kyle Shanahan, who got down to his third quarterback, and had his third quarterback not gotten hurt, might have been in the Super Bowl. You never know. So I respect him. This is not this, 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 the guy that got it. And maybe the, maybe, maybe the NFL establishment doesn't understand it as well as we do because we've all lived it here. But I can't be clear the, enough about this. If a team has the first overall pick two years in a row, that's a really struggling team. I wonder how many times that's ever happened, that a team picked first two years in a row. Maybe the Browns yeah. with Mayfield and uh, Garrett, but yeah. before then? But there can't have been – well, and there's probably more, but there can't have been a yeah. lot. It I'm doesn't not, happen often. Yeah, I mean, when a, when a team picks first overall two years in a row, that's a really tough roster. It also means that you're having to rebuild so much that it's it's destined to be a very young roster. So you're destined to be very young and not deep, not greatly talented, and at least not as talented as you could be. No matter how much you spend in free agency, no matter how well you drafted, the reality is if you are that young, if you if you if you are that bad, then you're going to be young and you're going to have not a great roster. Secondly, it was a broken culture. There were young players. I just talked about how young they were. There were young players who weren't sure how it was going to go. Doug Peterson had to come here and rebuild a culture and convince it by that earning the trust he always talks about is convince them. And again, we, we've, we've beat up on Urban enough. I'm going to try to pile on one more time, even though I don't feel guilty for piling on based on how it went. But you get my point. That's not the point of the comment. But there were young players that didn't know that that's not how you do it, man. And he had to earn that trust. And I'm not saying – I have no idea what the culture was with the Giants. And I'm not saying he didn't have to – Brian Dayball didn't have to un, unteach some things to him. I, I don't know enough to know that. What I do know is the job that Doug Peterson had to take over a quarterback who had never learned how to, how to watch film, who had never learned how to play because he was on a, under, under staff that couldn't teach him, a running back that had never played in the league before because he got hurt last year – to all this newness and to take a team to win a division, I don't care how struggling the division was, to win a division, to win a playoff game, to to become a team that's going to be highly regarded, 
There's no chance any other coach did more than him. There's no, it's not possible that another coach did more than Doug did. It's not possible. Not when you pick first two years in a row. It's not possible. And and he got this team. Trevor Daniel Jones had been in the league for a while. Daniel Jones had seen what the league does when it punches back. He might not have been a great player, but he's been around enough to know how fast a quarterback. Trevor Lawrence had been in the league one year. Saquon Barkley is one of the best running backs in the National Football League. Travis Etienne had never played in the National Football League. So I'm, I will say it again. Doug Peterson, I'm not mad that Dayball won it. I'm not mad that, that Doug finished third or wherever it was. But you and, and if it sounds like I'm being a homer, that's okay. I, I, I told, I've been a homer before. I'll be a homer again. But there's no possible way that anybody, Brian Dable, Kyle Shanahan, or anybody else, had a tougher challenge than Doug Peterson and did more with less than Doug did. I'm not saying the Jaguars don't have a good team, but there's no doubt in my mind. I'm adamant about it. I'm not trying to be a homer guy. I, I wasn't going to go on or on about on Twitter. I was going to send one tweet and go to bed. But but I think clearly Doug Peterson was more deserving of Coach of the Year than Brian Dayball was. I, I totally agree. I think Dayball was a frankly a, a bad choice. I mean, I, I think to go two five and one in your final eight games and win Coach of the Year. I mean, did they turn these ballots in in the first of October? I mean, how did this happen? I, I, I don't get it at all, I, how a coach could be that poor in their final eight. Those victories, by the way, those two, uh, were over Washington and Indianapolis in Week 17, uh, who had absolutely cashed in all their chips. So, um, you know, to me, it it's I, – I don't get it other than the fact that he started strong and voters just – that just for whatever reason – Resonate. It'd be like giving the Heisman Trophy to a great player who had a great first five weeks of the season and then was kind of, to be honest, subpar for the final second half of the season. But the first five games were so great, you give him the Heisman Trophy. It just doesn't make sense. It was a bad vote. I, I think Kyle Shanahan probably should have won it, um, and this is why. Doug Peterson had a pretty healthy team. Everything that you said about the starting point is dead on. I mean, obviously – he took over a, a completely lousy situation. Um, but I think uh, when you look at the health, to me, coach of the year is always, I have to start with, who did you lose? Like in the course of a season, what kind of attrition did you deal with? Doug Peterson was fortunate. He didn't really have to deal with a lot of that. So he had to, he inherited a mess. But in terms of once they were out there, he had his team pretty much every week. Kyle Shanahan never had his team. He never had a starter. Uh, then they go to a guy that they basically had already forgotten about. He wasn't even practicing with them in Garoppolo and training camp because they were hoping to trade him. Uh, Lance goes down, so now their hands are tied. They have to go to Garoppolo. They get something out of him uh, in terms of production. Garoppolo goes down. They have to turn to the last player selected in this draft, uh, and Kyle Shanahan's able to make him look good. Uh, they win 13 games in uh, a, a pretty difficult division. Um, you know, to me, I think, uh, I, to me, it would have been Shanahan, Peterson, and Dayball. And, uh, uh, you know, again, I, I think that for Dayball to get it, to win two of his final eight games is just a complete farce. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Frank. It, I think it should have been Doug Peterson because of how awful this team was and how far they made it. I mean, 
the Jaguars were driving with a chance to try and beat the Chiefs, who are in the Super Bowl, and then Jamal Agnew fumbles. And you never know what's going to happen if he doesn't fumble and all that. But but I they think, vote before that. And they, that's true. So that they doesn't do factor in. That's true. Which that's yeah. still silly then to me, because to me, you needed to see the divisional round. Yeah, and, and the that Giants could, got smoked by the Eagles 38-7 to seven in right. the divisional and round. And I'd listen to that argument sure. certainly but they don't yeah, they don't, they don't right. factor in any of that into this voting and, and again I'm not sure they factored in anything beyond Thanksgiving <laughs> in this voting based on you know how it went it's almost like they they saw the fact that the Jaguars lost every game in October and they stopped thinking that the Jaguars were going to be anything even though that's exactly what Doug inherited it, a young team that was used to losing and he was able to miraculously get them to where they made it to if the, if everything that happened here this year had happened with the Miami Dolphins I think Doug Peterson would have been the coach of the year. I think the Miami Dolphins are a very relevant, present team. Everybody knows the Dolphins. They know Dan Marino. They know the perfect season. I, I think, and, and maybe I'm being whiny. If I am, that's all right. I'm allowed. But I, uh, but I think if it had been a more relevant team, if it had been the Falcons, I don't think he'd have won it either. If it had been the Packers, I think he would have. I, I just think I think the lack of relevancy for of the Jacksonville Jaguars over the years. Has had a had a negative effect, but again, he, he, I don't think I know Doug well enough. No, he isn't pining away around it about it. He didn't care. No. He, he's trying to. Get, he's got a football team to get ready because it could be one heck of a run uh, coming up in these next handful of years. But anyway, that's what I thought. Um, your thoughts on the Hall of Fame class? I think it's a good class. So, you know, I I'm I, all it's it's weird now because all these guys I remember basically them getting drafted. So it's it makes me feel old. And then I look at the the 2024 first ballot guys and I remember them being recruited <laughs> so I remember Eric Berry committing to Tennessee so it's like oh I my goodness um, that's funny I didn't think that he just said I and uh, so it, it's wild um, that that I'm old basically but um I thought it was a good class you know there's there was a lot of guys that I think you could have made a case for either way so it's if it's probably not the five I would have put in uh you know but but I thought it, I thought they did a nice job, and, and everybody that got selected, I think, is deserving of it. And so I I think it's a, a good class, and hopefully, uh, Brad Taylor gets in next year. At, obviously, hopefully, becomes a finalist and uh, and gets in. Yeah, I think it's a fine class too. I think most people for all of the uh, names that are on there are certainly recognizable, and and they had really good careers. And yes, there is a snake in our building. How about the hall. that? There's a snake in the building. I need to leave. Really? Where's, For real. Where's Hacker? <laughs> Hacker hates snakes. So I hate snakes as well. Um, I did not know that. I, I will tell you. Where's Eddie? Eddie usually eats these things. Here's what I'll give you. There's the snake. Okay. Oh, there's there a picture you, of the oh, snake. Oh, look at that. What is it? A black racer? It, looks like it's no a, no, it actually I, looks like it might be a pygmy uh, rattlesnake. So yeah, be very, yeah, very yeah, careful. Yeah, I, th- I think actually it's a boa constrictor. <laughs> All I know is if they open that door, our doors are sealed. So Yeah, down towards the hall and they put a snake in here, I'm leaving. Have you seen pygmies? That's what I think that yeah, is, yeah, just might, from a distance. It might be. I've, we've killed a pygmy. Yeah, those are They're very poisonous. Yeah, though, though if it was a racer, yeah. those are not yeah. a threat. Um, they're intimidating. Yeah. But the, uh, I All would, snakes are intimidating, uh, even I, the green ones. Revis Island belonged in. Yes, although, Joe, yeah, he, Joe, he belonged in. Revis Island belonged in. Joe Thomas belonged in. Okay? Yes. That's what I'll give you. Revis, by the way, not playing corner anytime soon. Yeah, right, right. Right, but 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 Revis Island retirement has gone very nicely. Yeah, yes, for, yeah, for Revis, he is enjoying himself. Yeah, but he but he belonged in. Joe Thomas belonged. Yes. In. Okay. Um. The other three, I'm fine with. 
I don't think they're great Hall of Fame selections. Zach Thomas waited a long time. Yeah, and, he and, was good. I liked and, him. And I'm okay, I'm okay with yeah. all – I like DeMarcus Ware and Rondé Barber. Yeah. But but if – Of if, the five, Barber was the one for me that would have been me probably the he, shakiest. He was fifth for me. But his, his stats are no, – he's I, pretty I, versatile. I have no problem with all five. Yeah. But for me, Revis and Joe Thomas were the automatics. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Thomas, I th- I'm glad he's in. DeMarcus Ware is a really good player. I think I'm glad he's in, and Rondé Barber for me was fifth. Again, I, I never, I never regret you got to get in. If you, if you made it to this list, then you were a damn good football player. I'm, I say, I say the same thing about the baseball list. Okay, everybody was all upset, Gibby, about Scott Rowland getting in. I, I don't think Scott Rowland's a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Pretty Gooder. But if you played as long as he did and are respected as much, I never it never bothers me when a guy gets in. It never, ever, ever bothers me. Guys not getting in like it's, Dale Murphy bother me more than it, guys getting in. And it's yeah. weird because I, you know, baseball isn't my sport, but it irked me that Roland got in and it irks me that Harold Baines got in. Um I get it. Yeah. I I know I, no, I get it. And 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 by the way, I would have put Dale Murphy in ahead of both of those guys. Right. But I would have. But it never bothers me a guy getting in. It bothers me guys that don't get in. And so but I but I'm okay with this class. I think it's just an okay class. Oh, I, I definitely agree with that. I think it's just an okay. I think Darrell Rivas, w- w- once upon a time, you couldn't throw over there. You couldn't. And I think Joe Thomas is a really good offensive lineman. I mean, I, th- I think those two guys are really good players. The other three are good players. That, is that, is that, that uh, agree or disagree? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, where I want to say ended up with well over 100 sacks in his career. He to, did. To me, that's a, a benchmark of, of Canton. Um you know, but again, I, I it's interesting moving forward. So they didn't do anything with the receiver position. So there is still a massive logjam at receiver. Uh, I think Devin Hester should be in. Um, I agree. So I'm curious to see if uh, if next year is is the year for for Hester. I think Dwight Freeney should be in. Uh, so uh, I'm interested to see yeah. what what happens next year. And when you look at the, I think it was Schefter that tweeted out the 2024 first ballot guys. Julius Peppers will get in. Uh, I think Eric Berry, I'd have to look at his numbers, but he, to me, feels like a Hall of Fame player. Uh, and I want to say there was maybe a third that uh, that looked, that felt to me like they'd have a good good candidacy right out of the gate. But, uh, but anyway, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun Andrew to watch. Luck? No, he's not good. He has no chance. Okay. Uh, go th- if you have the tweet, go through it. I don't have the oh, tweet. Okay. I was just looking at the whole list. Yeah, Luck won't ever get in. I was surprised Schefter even mentioned him. And, in, and he should never get in. In the tweet. Yeah, I he mean, shouldn't get in. I mean, I mean, I mean I, I'm an Andrew Luck fan. Yeah, yeah. And I will be the first to right, say right. You, he didn't play long enough and didn't do enough to get into yeah. the Hall of Fame. Didn't play long enough when he could have played more. There's, you right. Know, you know, that, that, that's, that's, the that's, that's the consequence yeah, you yeah. make right. when you retire yeah, at 29. That's exactly right. So we'll Julius take, Peppers, when he was almost 40, had 11 and a half sacks. He's on his second time going back to Carolina. He went Carolina. I think Bears, Packers, then back to Carolina. He was a true freak show. Julius oh Peppers gosh. was 6'8", 290. And if you looked at I mean, he was almost 300 pounds, and he looked like he weighed 240. Remember, remember how oh, angular yeah. he was? He, he, was, he, was, he a, was a good basketball player. He was a very good basketball player at North Carolina. Right. Not at Furman. Yeah. He was a very good basketball player at North Carolina. Yeah, yes. Eric Berry, by the way, because I was just curious. So he's a five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, yeah. played. Uh, he was so good at Tennessee. Do you remember the time that he and Tebow collided and he actually won the collision? I don't. But Florida I, but won I, the game. But I remember him. At, but it was in the swamp, and Tebow, full steam ahead, right. is running downfield, and they collided at like the 10. Yeah. Eric Berry knocked him back. Yeah, he was It was one player. of the few times that ever happened. Uh, he played – he didn't play all that long, really. He retired at 29, uh, 14 career picks. 
Uh, five and a half sacks. Yeah, he's 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 probably Hall of Very Good, so he'll probably have to wait. No, I, I would think he will. But we'll by the way, Dick Vermeil is still giving his speech in Canton <laughs> as no we doubt. speak. I have no doubt. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Lauren's got a giveaway. We're gonna talk a little hoops. Stay with us. Please don't stop the music. Back to more of a Big Chief Tire Friday on the Frangie Show. Please don't stop the music. music, music, music. Rihanna will be the halftime performer of the Super Bowl on Sunday. But if you want to go to a sporting event before the Super Bowl, then be caller number four right now at 641-1010, and you'll win a pair of tickets to go see Florida play host to Vanderbilt in men's basketball, tipping off tomorrow at 330 Six four one ten ten, and you will be a winner. And hopefully, as we're about to talk some Florida hoops, uh, it's a better game than we saw Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah well, and look, they went one and three in that stretch that we knew was going to be tough. In fairness, they had won five out of six going into that stretch. They were five and one in the last six. We knew that stretch was going to be tough, and it was. All right, make a comparison. Want a comparison? Sure. You like comparisons? I do. Um. Two of my favorite teams in sports are among my favorite teams are the Jacksonville Jaguars football squad and the Florida Gator basketball squad. They're two teams I care a great deal about. I got I don't have a lot. I got Florida football and the Pirates and those two, and that's about it. Um, but I really care about those. The Jacksonville Jaguars lost 40-14 to to the Detroit Lions on December 4th, uh, 2022. Did you know that? Yes, I was uh, lucky enough to be there. Yeah, they, you were in Motown. They dropped to four and eight when that happened. Okay, and that was their worst loss of the season. By, it was the only really bad loss. Yeah. Only bad loss the whole year. At that point, when when it all looked lost, the Jaguars pretty much calmly said to all of us, "Is what it is." When the rest of them were in, so much so that I said comically at the time, <laughs> "Well, you know what? If they win the rest of their games, they're going to win the Super Bowl." We all laughed, but 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 I. It was true. They were not eliminated if they won the rest of their games. They proceeded to beat Tennessee on the road, Dallas at home in overtime, the Jets on the road, the Texans on the road, the Titans here at home. They got them into the playoffs, and uh, and then they proceeded to win a playoff game. So, in a coach's first year, Doug Peterson's, they the season they were mediocre by midseason, or or under. But they told themselves and the rest of the world, whoever would listen, forget what's happened now. Win the rest of them, you're in. Right? Mm -hmm. They won the rest of them. Florida just went through its bad stretch. Three out of four. They're now 13 and 11 overall, six and five, which in college basketball parlance, because you play a bunch, you play some easy ones, you play some ones you're not supposed to win, it's not all that different than four and eight in the NFL. Okay. It really, there's, there's a similarity. They are in the same spot the Jaguars were. The, the Florida Gator basketball team is in the same spot the Jaguar football team is. Win the rest of them, you're in. If you win the rest of them, you are 20 and 11, and you are 13 and 5, and you're easily in. Easily. Now, they're not going to win the rest of them, but I also wasn't sure the Jaguars were going to win the rest of them. So, is, the, where I'm going with this is as bad as it appears. You are still in February, in the second week of February. Tournament's in March, by the way. You're in the second week of February. When, when and you're in. Now, again, it's different. Um, the Jaguars had to win them all to get in. I think the Gators could win six of seven and are in. They could win five of seven and might be in. So, 
Is it crazy to think that all is not necessarily lost? Oh, yeah. All is definitely not lost for Florida. Um, I I think they even, to your point, I think they have another mulligan to play with, and, and maybe two. Um, two at the most. Two at the most. Um, and you can't count on the SEC tournament because even the, the committee has shown in years that even if you win your conference tournament, it doesn't – I mean, obviously, in terms of getting in, that would clinch you a berth. But it doesn't seem like in terms of seeding or the bubble, uh, they place a lot of emphasis on it. Um, so I, I think for Florida, they've got to, they've got to finish 6-1 and one to feel great on Selection Sunday – because the six and one would guarantee that you either beat Arkansas on the road, which would be a quad one win, or you beat Kentucky at home, which would be a good win. So, uh, so that's the that's really the key there. And then you've got five other games that you're playing teams that have really struggled this year. Uh, and I know Vandy just beat Tennessee, but they have haven't been very good this year. So that's. That's probably just one of those uh, strange occurrences. So yeah, Florida. It's, it, if they go six and one, they're in great shape. They go five and two, probably. I think probably out, but with a chance to to be in. Uh, but I think six and one has got to be the goal for Todd Golden and the Gators. Yeah, I would say that you're talking about in, with the Jaguars. You had Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones, according to what Trevor wrote in that piece in the Players' Tribune, they kind of all came together and, and knew that what they wanted was still in front of them. What I question, Frank, is who are the leaders, obviously Colin Castleton, but who else is going to step up to be a leader over these last few games of the regular season? Because it certainly doesn't seem like anyone's stepping up at this point in time. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And, and part of that conversation is they're not as good as the Jaguars. The Jaguars had – even at four and eight, we all said it. They were they weren't they weren't far off of being a pretty damn good team. And you say, well, you you are what you, I, I said. How many times did we say this? You are what your record says you are, unless you're not, right? And they weren't. And I don't know that the Gators have as good a team. Castleton's clearly the leader. I don't think leadership is a problem. I think because Byron Jones is a fifth year guy and respected by everybody, I think Kyle Lofton, who's a fifth year guy, and a number of teams wanted him and Castleton's a fifth-year guy. I think there's some leadership there. I, I think that's one of the reasons they're 13-11 and 11 and not, you know, seven wins because I think there is some. I just don't think they're very good other than Castleton. You know what I mean? I, 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 think, I think that whole part of culture and leadership and playing hard and, and being a good teammate, don't I get to read the Florida basketball team has all that. I mean, we, I watch them very closely. Don't you get that sense? I, I think they have a quality DNA about them yes. as a team. As far and, as – right. And, and I will say this. Anyone outside of Colin Castleton should be embarrassed for what happened the other night. For Colin Castleton to shoot 50% from the floor, 9 of 18, and the rest of you go 13 of 45 – the rest of you shoot 28% from the floor? If Castleton doesn't get the most help he's ever gotten right. tomorrow against Vanderbilt, I will be stunned. And, and because the, that's a have some pride moment and, there if you're Todd Golden. Are you really going to play this poorly while this one guy carries you? And the truth is they had no choice because other than Castleton, 
all the Alabama players were that much better than the Florida players at every spot. But to your point, so they had no. There's no way they could have helped them more because they're not nearly as good as their opponent. But to your point, point that out because that's not the case tomorrow. Tomorrow they're 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 probably similar to the Vanderbilt players and similar to the Ole Miss players. And so three of the next four games are at home. I, I got to tell you, they should beat Kentucky at home. They should. They should beat Kentucky at home. Kentucky's ordinary, and Florida's ordinary. And two ordinary teams played when they played at Rupp. Kentucky won by a few points because ordinary beat ordinary. The home the home ordinary team beat the road ordinary team. Well, when they play Kentucky in four weeks or four games, it should be the the home. I mean, so, so they should win that game. I mean, they 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 should win that game. The only game that they will probably be an underdog in is at Arkansas. Yeah, that's right. That the only the only game that that if they lose, you can understand why they lost it. That's the only game left that if they lose the game. You can say, you know, I kind of get it. So, but, but, so, so we'll see. So, so Arkansas is more talented, but they're not playing nearly as good as what people predicted they would be. They're, they're, but, but because of their level of athleticism, they're a bad matchup for Florida. Right. And, and, and it's in Fayetteville. Look, look, again, I've said, I'll stay by this stuff. Florida's not very good. What they've got is a really good center. And as you said very eloquently a minute ago, a very good DNA about them that they play hard and share the ball and play defense and try hard, and that overcomes the fact that they're just not very talented. This is a – from a talent standpoint, he's probably gotten about as much out of him as you can get out of him. They're just not very good. He just did not bring in very many good players. Lauren, you made a good point yesterday. The one talented guy that if he, if he develops is Riley Kugel. He's the one guy that if – that you could see him in two years being a – Damn good college player because he can run and jump and shoot. He's six five and can run and jump. Which and I shoot. thought Alex Fudge would be in this conversation. Not at all. But he, obviously he's, not. He's, a he's, just, and I, he's right. a Jacksonville guy from Riverside High, and yep. I'm rooting for him. But he's not physical enough. I thought Will Richard would be in the conversation. He's average as grits. He, he's just uh, now Richard's a guy capable of getting hot mm-hmm. and having and making four or five threes. And hopefully by next year, that's who he will be. Look, next year's team. The bad news is a lot of these guys are back. You know, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know who. I'm sure he's going to bring in a bunch of portal guys, wouldn't you think? Yes. I think it's going to be a different looking thing. But anyway, so so it starts. It starts tomorrow against Vanderbilt. Uh, lose that game, it's probably over. Okay, if you if they if if you can start uh, you start thinking about uh, playing host to LaSalle in the NIT. If you lose that game, uh, they can't lose either of the next two games. They've got to get it. They have to get to 15 and 11 and eight and five. I think if they lose either of those games, it's over. You agree with that? I mean, it's not over, but now you got to win out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, you would like to save that mulligan for at Arkansas. Yes. But then you get to 15 and 11 and 8 and 5, and you're back on that, you're back on that Joe Lenardi bubble at worst. You, might, you get to 15 and 11 and 8 and 5, you're probably in that first four-out group, you know, and then go beat Arkansas, and who knows? You know, so, so we'll see what winds up happening. But it'll be a – the, the point of the whole thing is, like the Jaguars, when it looked like it was over – they got themselves together, and they told the world, we're fine. All we have to do is go win all our games. It was almost kind of cool the way they said, we're fine. We just got to go win our games. And so they wound up going out and winning their games, and the, uh, and the end result was they made the playoffs. So we'll see whether or not that happens uh, with this team. 420, by the way, we got to play. We have our own playoff. 30 minutes away. You talk about a playoff. We have a playoff. This is we have, big. We I have, have to seven, remind myself to breathe. We have seven prop bets. I mean, this is. I mean, this is unprecedented. Give me a level of confidence right now for you, Gib. 
Um, boy, I've lost how many in a row now? Two or three. So yeah. my confidence has waned a little bit, but uh, I would probably say about a six. You know what I got to go find? A coin. Coin. That's right. I got to go find a coin. I have one. Do you? It's not doctored. Is it? I would say, is it, is it a two-headed coin that well, you're going to pick first? Well, let Gibby call it. Yeah, the sealed right. envelope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when we come back, I'm going to get into SEC football. And um, the uh, we now know that 2024, all the new teams will join their new conferences. I got a thought about that. It's next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. I know it ain't all that liberty should probably <laughs> Did you need me? He's signaling you. I was just telling you to bring him back since it's your guy. I'm very busy. You were, I mean, she was, she was <laughs> eyes shut. I mean, I mean she went to a different <laughs> dimension. <laughs> There's there. no question. I just got to see him in concert. This oh. is Chris Stapleton who's performing the yeah. national anthem for the Super Bowl on Sunday. I just got to see him in concert, and I was going right back to that moment. Well, I mean, I was shut and the arms uh, this were waving. This is one of my yeah. favorite Stapleton oh. songs. You should probably leave. It is so good. If you've never listened to it and you like Chris Stapleton, by all means, go listen to it. But, yeah, I'm excited for him to perform the national anthem. That would be great. He'll crush it. He always does. Uh, he crushes everything, absolutely. I well, saw him cover a Garth Brooks song the other day, Shameless. Oh, so good. We'll do uh, this college football thing in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I treasure my friendships. Uh-huh. And I and I and I, you know, I, I don't think you abandon friends. I think friends are friends for a lifetime. I've always believed that. It depends. You don't have beer at your house. <laughs> I don't. You don't, don't keep beer. At your I house. don't keep beer at my house. I, I like zero, like zero. If I came I, like, over, no, no, no. Away, if you were coming but if, but if over, I, but if I, I would have no, beer. No, no, no. But if I surprise you and knocked on the then light. there's not going to be any beer. <laughs> if you pop in, I'm not going to have beer. I don't drink beer all that often. So I drink it about once a month. So when I and when I buy beer, I'll drink all of it. So I don't have any <laughs> okay. any you extra. Have no self control. Right. Do we have any idea where Ackerman is there these days? Brady <laughs> <laughs> Ackerman's good around. Question. Yeah. I'm sure I can find him on Twitter. We were talking in the break, yes, about how you're going to a friend's house tomorrow night and they don't have beer. He's listening right now, by the way. So, okay. so, so uh, Don, my friend Don's the best guy in the world. Don Holland, and I'm defending him. So he's going to buy beer, or do you have to bring your own beer? Don's got the best. He's got Camus. He's got more wines than anybody in the world. He's got got more liquor. He says, well, we don't have beer. I said, well, he's got beer. He said, no, we don't have beer. So I didn't know that it was possible. Mm -hmm. I I thought it might be an FCC, FBI, CIA, (laughs) DIA, DEA Mm -hmm. violation of some sort. I think, does the IRS know you don't have beer? Not as Cause, far cause as you, they're okay, you know, they, they just do they're, now. They're hiring 80,000 yeah. new auditors. You know that, right? They're certainly okay. free to infer that. I <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. So. so if ever anyone came to your house, is there ever a time that you'd be out of beer? Like, would you have never. ever consumed? No, never. Never, okay. never. You know why? Because I'm a freaking American. That's why, okay? <laughs> just so you know the answer to that. So there's that. You also don't drink anything other than but beer. we have everything in our house. Yeah. We have every liquor at our house, okay? So, anyway, they, but that's they, easy. Like, you can buy a bottle of whiskey, and the bottle of whiskey can sit there for four years right. without anybody touching it. Not and really it's still all that interesting in your logic yeah. right and now. Then you okay. Beer doesn't work that way. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to serve bottle. somebody a beer that's been sitting in there for seven months. <laughs> that's a good you know? point. So, I mean, it, that's the thing. So, don't pop in on me <laughs> if you like beer. My buddy Scott. I, unless you're willing to have you know, uh, something with whiskey or vodka, you're, you're, you're going to be in trouble. My buddy Scott Geist just texted me, who's a big Hayes Carlin fan. Not anymore. He's dead to me. No beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, 
So, so just so you know, so there's that. Oh, thank you, Scott, for that. Um, Unbelievable. Texas and Oklahoma. You made a said, made a comment earlier. You think they're going to struggle? Mm-hmm. I, I I think Texas and Oklahoma, Texas. They're not Vanderbilt. I mean, they've got a damn good program. They got they're great blue bloods and wonderful heritage. But today's Texas and Oklahoma. I think they're what Florida is now. I think they're Ole Miss now. Um. And again, yeah, in Florida, I did throw Florida in there because I think Florida's ordinary right now too. But I think uh, they're not elite, including Oklahoma, who's recently elite. I think Texas and Oklahoma are headed for – Texas and Oklahoma are damn glad there's no divisions because when there was going to be divisions, when they were coming in, the original talk was Auburn was going to the east, Missouri was going to the west, and Texas and Oklahoma are both going to be in the west, which means they got they got a steady helping of – of Alabama, LSU, and what we thought A and M was going to be for the longest time, right? I am. Um, it's not going to matter because they're going to struggle regardless. I I think so too. Do you agree with that? Because 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 usually when usually I, I would I would I would not agree with that. But I I think they're all I think they'll, they'll struggle. I say struggle. They're all miss if they have yeah, a good I year to win nine games. The, yeah, uh, that's what I think. Yeah, I think yeah. they're going to be like a seven and five kind. That's of what I think too. I think they're I think they're Ole Miss in Kentucky. That's in Florida now. By the way, again, I don't want my team's no more elite than any of those teams either. But I think I think Texas and Oklahoma are Ole Miss in Kentucky. Agree or disagree? I, I disagree about Oklahoma. They yes had a not great season under Brent Venables in his first season at six and seven. But before that, the seasons are eleven and two, nine and two, twelve and two, twelve and two, twelve and two, eleven and two, eleven and two, eight and five, eleven and two, ten and three, ten and three, twelve and two. Like that's an elite football program that had a down year on, with a coach in his first season, and they're still recruiting at a really high level. So if I'm an Oklahoma fan sitting here, I'm going absolutely not. We are not Florida. We are not Ole Miss. We are much better than that. Granted, that's been in an, in a weaker conference. I understand that. Well, that's the point. But I, yes, but I still think. I'm going to defend the Sooners and that they can get right back to elite. Yeah, and, and and listen, we we learn our lesson sometimes about conferences. I thought the SEC had risen up in basketball until the Big Twelve just kicked their ass. You know, and, I mean, and so the Big Twelve is way better in basketball, but in football, I, I we'll see. I I don't sense the Texas. And you're right, what you said is exactly right, Lauren. If I'm Oklahoma fan hearing this, I'm thinking, shut up. We've been elite for all this time, and you're a whiny Gator, and so you're going to drag us down with you. But it is my opinion. It is my opinion that when Ole Miss plays Oklahoma in Oxford, Ole Miss will be a three-point favorite. And if they play them in Norman, if uh, Oklahoma may be a five-point favorite. I think they're the same. Now, Ole Miss is pretty good. I mean, they're eight or nine wins. I, I don't think Oklahoma's headed to some three and nine seasons. But I think they're damn sure headed to some eight and four seasons in Texas too. I, I, I believe that. I, I just think this league is – is the likes of which they've just not seen. I do think the addition of Oklahoma and Texas will hurt programs like Kentucky's. You know, now it's – because I do think that now you've got two programs coming in that make it even harder if you're not a football blue blood, even if you've got some momentum like Kentucky has. I think it makes it tougher on Kentucky, Missouri, Vandy, South Carolina to an extent. Uh, Auburn? No, and not okay. if Auburn has the right guy. Um, and, and and really, that's probably about it. Because I, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I think Oklahoma and Texas, I think it's going to be lean early on. Uh, getting used to these venues, getting used to this style. It's just, it's just a much better league. And 
again, they don't have Bob Stoops. They don't have Lincoln Riley. And I, I would think they would take a step back even if Lincoln Riley was still there. I just would say instead of going 11-1, and one, I think they'll probably go more like 9-3. and three. But in their current situation, and I think Oklahoma will be better than Texas. Texas, I'm not sure, will win six games. Uh, Oklahoma, I think, will consistently be a 7-8 win team. But the days of Oklahoma winning 10 games are over. I, I, I think that too. And I, and now, that doesn't mean they can't get it rebuilt. Right now, you can say the day of Florida winning 10 games is over. And maybe, and maybe Florida, we believe, I believe, Napier will build it back. Maybe Brent Venables, he's only been there one year. Maybe he'll become this great recruiter. He'll be, I'm not saying there's not the wherewithal to come back. Texas and Oklahoma, much like Florida and Florida State, have the wherewithal to come back. And, and, they, and they, may, they may be the team that comes back. But for the here and now, they're ordinary. That, that, that's the point. The, the resources are in place. The heritage is in place for them to race back faster than Ole Miss ever will. But that, I'm talking about who they are today. Who they are today is, and 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 I, and I may disagree. If Lincoln Riley was there, I may have higher, higher. I may think they are as good as the others, but no, I don't. I I think. But I think the days of winning ten games, unless you're the top program or the top two programs, is probably gone because of how difficult it's all getting. But that's but that's never been different, Lauren. It's just the teams are different. I mean, in in the in the nineties, the days of winning ten games were hard. It's just we didn't realize it because Florida, FSU, Miami won them. You know, it's it's the same now. It's just it's not Florida, FSU, Miami anymore. It's Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. So it's all I, I tell people this all the time. It's always been four or five teams. Always, people keep saying now it's it's the same four or five teams every year. Well, it's always been that. It's just it was a different four or five in the seventies. It was Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, Penn State, Notre Dame. Then that changed to Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, whoever in the seventies or in the eighties. And then that changed to Florida, FSU, Miami. Right and whoever else in Nebraska in the '90s. So, it, so who the teams are changes, but uh, so Texas and Oklahoma can come back and be those teams, but they're not now. I, I think the same thing. How, uh, you like the fact that we're now moving to 2024 is all going to happen? It's brilliant. I'm so glad. And and again, just for perspective, there were four teams in the SEC that won double-digit games last year. Now they all won 11, which is a bit of an outlier. It's it's odd to have four teams all win 11 games in in your league. But but I'd say that that's my point is I don't think over the next five years Oklahoma and Texas in their first five years in the SEC I do not think they will win ten games uh, in any of those years. Now again once they get used to it uh, and and if they have the right coaches then absolutely they they have the potential to win national titles. But I I think it will be a tough adjustment for them and I think it will take them you know a period of years to really get acclimated to it. And so that's not to say they can't go eight and five, but I don't think they're going to be in the top four of the SEC. What I was saying, Frank, is because of the expanded SEC, I think you're going to end up seeing good years are nine and right, three. Right, 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 And because of this expanded 16-team playoff, you'll still be able to get to the playoff if you go nine and three in your league. Yeah. Very few teams will ever get to double-digit wins. Yeah, I, uh, I still disagree with you. But, uh, but I agree with the second point you made. And that is nine and three will be more okay now. It'll be more accepted now. I, I still think because if you won nine games and yeah, you're in the SEC, right. you're more than likely going to get in the playoffs. That I agree the sixteen. Yeah, that I agree. I still think Georgia and Alabama in 2024, when it's like this, are still going to win ten games. I, I just like, but but I but I hear you. Nine is not a nine is not a death knell to your national championship chances anymore. I agree. Correct. With you. I do have an update. My buddy Don, <laughs> he and Holly are having us over for steaks tomorrow night. Thank you, Don. I still doesn't have beer. But he just sent me a picture of a wine cellar. 
that is about 75 blocks long. Okay, so I, <laughs> I now have Don's wine. So, Don, thank you for the picture of the wine. It's one of the great wine sellers of all time. So I'm going to need that. you to steal one of those bottles I, I and bring it to me, Don, please. Don, just so you know, I know you're still listening. Have Suzanne bring an extra large we, purse. We are stealing Sneak a bottle and bringing it to Lauren please so, and thank you. for tomorrow night. So, but that's exactly right. All right, were you ready? are you ready? I got a coin. Where did we get the coin? Did you get the coin? I ha- I brought the coin. Okay, we are, we it are, has been verified official. <laughs> it has taken a full year to find the loser of the year, and we still don't have one. That's pretty amazing stuff. It this is. thing starts with the Players' Championship every year, and this year's Players' Championship is three weeks away. That, that's, how, that's how long it's been. We still need somebody to wear the hat. It's quite a journey. And somehow we still may tie, even though it's odd numbers. You can't tie. <laughs> well, that I know. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. Yeah. I don't even want to go there. So, uh. Uh, Hayes has no idea how they can't tie, but they can't tie. So we'll tell you the prop bets. Um, I'll flip a coin to see who goes first. The advantage to that is you get four picks instead of three. (laughs) Hayes, just stay with me on this, and then uh, we'll have that coming up. So Say that part again. (laughs) (laughs) Back in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Have you heard about the lonesome loser Beaten by the queen of hearts every time Have you heard about the lonesome loser? He's a loser, but he still keeps on trying. Back to more of a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire, with four locations on the First Coast to serve you. All right, Loser Monday, Season 4. Like I was the Netflix show, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, seasons, it's like Stranger Things. Seasons one, two, and three. We have a loser of the year. We have fifteen contests throughout the year. Whoever loses gets uh, lunch that day, and then whoever loses at the end of the year wears the L hat. Uh, we've had three of them. Lauren Brooks wore the L hat first. <laughs> Hayes Carlion from the Bowl School wore the L hat second. Lauren Brooks, not to be outdone, went back and wore it third. So Lauren has worn the L hat twice. Hayes has worn it My once. My family's so proud. Gibby has never worn it. I have never worn it. The standings this year finished like this. Reimer lost once, the Tour Championship. Hayes lost twice, the Players' Championship, which is coming up. In the NCAA Tournament, I lost twice, the Final Four, where my guy got froze out, which is crap. And the World Series. I think you can stop complaining. Uh, yeah, it's fun to complain, though. <laughs> And tied with five losses, Gibby, Sweet 16, NBA, U.S. Open, Bowls, I forgot one. Lauren, five losses, Masters Draft, PGA, British, and the Conference Quarterbacks. That Those are the five losses for both. So they are tied. We have Loser Monday overtime. Mm-hmm. You don't get that every day. So Hayes came up with seven. Well, that's the one you're missing is that Gibby just lost oh, that's the right. AFC, NFC. That's right. That's exactly right. So By a point, by, by a the point. way. Yes, you did. One point. I forgot the AFC, NFC championship game. You're exactly right. So here we go. Hayes came up with seven prop bets. Gibby, uh, Lauren and Gibby go back and forth. I'm going to flip the coin. Gibby, you're going to call it. You ready? Ready. It is in the air. Tails. Gibby calls tails. We all heard tails. This is a big moment. <laughs> yes, we all heard tails. You ready tails. for this? I'm ready. It is... Tails. Wow. Tails never fails. Wow. So Gibby picks first. Gibby, here we go. Over and under on Super Bowl total points. The total is 50.5 over or under. I'm going under. Quick reason. Carl Cheffers' team is officiating the Super Bowl. Cheffers has been the head referee for 12 playoff games since 2010. 11 of those 12 have gone under. 
Wow, they, look at that. That's called research. Ooh. You know, there's a guy trying not to wear the, the hat. The intensity in this room <laughs> just wow. went sky wow. high. Throw them yeah. flags, Carl. Take that, wow. take that bear or whatever the guy's name is on game day, huh? How about that? All right, so Gibby's under, Lauren is over. He's leaving game day, by the way. Uh, yes, he is going to Fox. Patrick Mahomes yards. Lauren, you were up first. Total yards for Pat, total passing yards for Patrick Mahomes. 295.5, where are you headed? I'm going over. Gibby, you have the under. Do you have any research to go with like Gibby did, or you just want to go the over? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is incredible, even with a <laughs> well bum said. ankle. Uh, uh, let's go back to Gibby. Jalen Hurts passing yards, 237.5. Gibby, over or under? I don't have a bunch of research for this one, but I'm going to go under. I don't think he's 100% with that shoulder. I'm going to go under. And Lauren Brooks has the over there. I have all overs currently. Back to Lauren. Lauren, Patrick Mahomes touchdowns, 2.5. You're up. I will take the over again. As I would have as well. Gibby, you have the under there. Gibby, you are up. Jalen Hurts touchdown passes, 1.5 the number. Where are you headed? This is the hardest one to me. I'm going to go over, though. I would have gone over as well. Lauren Brooks has the under there. Um, Travis Kelsey receiving yards. 81.5. 81.5. Lauren Brooks, you get the call. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. That would have been the hardest one for me. Yeah, yeah me too. But I'd have gone over, too. I'd have gone over. I'd have come with you. Um, so, Gibby gets the under. And finally, Gibby, your pick here. Uh, you know, he got four, Hazens, and Lauren got three. Mm-hmm. Uh, A.J. Brown, 72.5 receiving yards. Gibby, over or under? I like the over on this one. Uh, the Chiefs' secondary can be had, and I think they, they've struggled against number one receivers all season, so I'll take the over. So there you go. We will wow. have a winner. The over and under on total points, 50.5. Gibby's, uh, Lauren's over, Gibby's under. Patrick Mahomes, 295.5 passing yards. Uh, Lauren's over, Gibby's under. Jalen Hurts, 237.5 passing yards. Lauren's over, Gibby's under. Patrick Mahomes, 2.5 passing touchdowns. Lauren's over. Gibby's under. Uh, Jalen Hurts, touchdown passes, 1.5. This time, finally, Gibby's over. Lauren's under. Travis Kelsey, 81.5 receiving yards. Lauren's over. Gibby's under. And A.J. Brown, receiving yards, uh, 72.5. Gibby's over. Lauren's under. There are your stakes. There are the setup. Here's your quarterback. Uh, Hayes, I'm now going to come to you. I need to go to the Golden Lion for this. Um who do you like? Who do you think wears the L hat? Well, I uh, I went through this before the show yeah, because okay. I was curious. I didn't want to be influenced by anything. Yeah. So these, this is what I would have taken. I would have gone over on the total points, under on Mahomes passing yards. And let me go slower. So you okay. would have gone over on total points, which is what Lauren – which I would have gone opposite Gibby on okay, over got it. under. Okay, go, okay. I, I, a lot of these I'm going to go. I would have gone opposite on Mahomes' passing yards. You would have gone under. I would have gone under. Okay. I, I would have gone under on Hertz's passing yards. Which is what Gibby did. I would have gone under on Mahomes' passing touchdowns. Okay. I, I would have come with Lauren on that. I would have gone over. I would have been with you, Lauren. Okay. I, I, I still w- would have gone under on that one. Oh, would you? Would yeah, you, you under pick? two and a half. Okay. I yeah. think he'll throw two. Okay. I went over on Hertz's passing touchdowns. Okay. And then I went under on both Kelsey and Brown receiving yards. Okay. Wow. So you're going to So I them. went under a yeah. lot. Okay. So there you go. All right. So and a we... lot of this, honestly, is as in your gut decision picking what you think is going to happen in the game. Exactly. So obviously, someone who thinks that the Chiefs are going to win, I was going to yeah, go over good with point. Mahomes and over with Kelsey. 
And if I thought the Eagles were going to win, I obviously would have done the opposite. Okay, total points, I would have gone under, as Gibby did. Uh, Mahomes passing yards, I'd have gone over, as Lauren did. Uh, Hurts passing yards, I'd have gone under, as Gibby did. Mahomes touchdowns, I'd have gone over, as Lauren did. I'd have been been with you guys most of the time. Hurts touchdowns, Lauren, did you who picked there? Gibby. Gibby, you and you went over, right? Yeah, that was the hardest one for me because, I mean, he can throw one and run for one. I'd have gone over. Kelsey, uh, I'd have gone over, but that would have been the hardest one for me. The Kelsey would have been hard. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah, so Didn't yeah. it go up? Wasn't it like 79 and a half, yeah. and then it went to 81, is right, Hayes? Is that right, Hayes? It went up? That's, yeah. uh, that's right. Okay, so, yeah. so, there, so there you go. <laughs> Hang on. I'm taking such a picture of this because somebody, somebody's wearing a hat. I can't wait till Monday. Oh, can you, can you, I just can't wait till Monday. Well, Sunday night. I mean, it is going to be... And again, did hope- you ever did you ever get a hold of the person from Oslo? Are they still excited about this? Oh yeah, I mean, are they listening? Are you looking at your Twitter account <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now good, and good, your well cell said. phone? Good point. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun, and hopefully, it's hopefully it has created a a bet that will go through the vast majority of the game. I 100 percent agree with that. I think it will. Too. So the first to four and and just so you survives know, and I and I do it'll about be a great escape either way. Hey Gibby, if I say, if I send you a picture of the L hat, will you tweet it? Uh, probably send it to Taylor. No, I, I will. I'll, I'll take my medicine if I have to. No, I just mean the, the all hat. I mean, oh. I mean today. Oh, I thought you meant not, not with anybody wearing it. Oh. just the hat. Yeah, sure. I mean, you got you to send the hat out, don't you? Absolutely. We, we got to have a picture of the hat. So there you go. it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, tracking. I mean, we thing. had friends invite us over for the game, and I was like, I can't. I, I have to be too locked into this freaking Super Bowl. First of all. It's the last football game of the year. Anyway, I already want to be locked in. I like the commercials. I like halftime. I'll obviously love the national anthem with Stapleton. But moreover, with Loser Monday, like I don't need any chit-chat. I need volume up. I need every word they're you, saying. You know, well, this is great stuff. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, we're, going to, we're actually going to a party, Suzanne and I are as well, but I will. Um, That's because you don't have to worry. I, I have nothing to worry about. You I, and I'm, Hayes are on easy street. Hayes and I aren't wearing the hat. But, Hayes are, but I, I will say I can pretty much confirm this. That Hayes and I will enjoy this game more than you guys will. This is going to be a blast for us. Just, just so you know, this will be very well, nice dive on that. By the way, Hayes, but well, well, I'll look forward to your tweets. Yeah. Will you send out a yeah. tweet at the end of the first quarter? Will you wait till <laughs> halftime for an update? Yeah. We'll definitely have to have one after the third. Yeah, quarter. there, there will, there will. The problem is there's nothing determined until the end of the game. Well, that's not true. Well, you might that's have true. some of this. I like if Mahomes throws for 300 yards in the first half. Yeah, that's right. She's won that. Yeah. There will be some the tweets. Seven. There will be some tweets. Yeah. That's a lot. So some of these it'll could be harder because be... we're at this party. But when I, but uh, yeah. at some point I'll start. You'll start. Will there be beer at the party? Yeah. Well, you know what? I never know anymore. <laughs> I never know anymore. I mean, the uh, listen. I'm I'm trying to find a co-host for the program. I mean, so you kidding me? I, mean, I, I discourage <laughs> the pop in. That's why I don't keep beer. <laughs> oh. I may be totally wrong about this, but one the one the biggest factor for me weighing in trying to go under on most of these was that both quarterbacks still are injured. Both quarterbacks, I, we don't know how like how much to, to close to 100% either one of these guys are. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing that's tough with over-unders. Because Hurts hasn't thrown for 200 yards in like three games. And again, the benefit of the under is if if the player gets hurt, the under obviously is probably going to come in. Right. So that's, you know, it's, it's, it's diabolically difficult. Yeah. And uh, I'm very well, proud of it. Hey, you should be. I mean, this is this, this is when you first said it. I said, "Are we getting too complicated?" Too, far? but once you did it, it's pretty easy. There you go. So I love it. I like it. And someone, by the way, there's no there's no lunch on this. One. No lunch. It, it's just thank a, goodness. Just a, 
I've been to the Bonos on Baden Road five <laughs> times this year. They know our face well. Honestly, I think I started losing. I tried to be efficient, so yeah. I put the phone number in yeah. of Bonos on Baden Road on my, in my phone like three yeah. years ago. I think I've been losing ever since. Yeah, uh, I, I have Ray on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's really funny. You guys, are, awesome. you guys have been a great sport about it. And Ray, Ray's the best, by the way. Yeah. Ray's the best, the best. All right, thank you, Ray. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about um, Chad Hall. I got a thought or two about that. We'll talk some Jaguars football. Stay with us. Are y'all excited about Rihanna? Super Bowl halftime? No, but I think she's a good choice. Okay. Not my, but I, 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 that, this is good. This is good. Yeah. Uh, she's got a beautiful voice. I uh, like uh, diamonds. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah. It'll be upbeat, and I think that's the the part that I'm looking forward to. Certainly, As, it'll definitely be to me better than Katy Perry, wasn't she a few years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was not a great one for me. All right, Frank Chad Hall, new Jaguars wide receivers coach. Former Jaguars wide receiver coach left for the same position at Texas. So, what do you think of Chad Hall, former Jaguar? Yeah, I don't know anything. About, I don't know him. All I know is, like everybody else, what I read today. I don't want to, uh, to misrepresent this as, as if I have some inside information. I don't. I, I haven't talked to anybody in the inside about who they're going to hire, who they did hire. But what it's clear to me is there's a model, and and the model clearly works, and that is find a guy that can connect. Often in Doug in, in Doug Peterson's mantra, that's a former player. Mm-hmm. There's a reason Brenton Buckner is here. There's a reason Mike Caldwell is here. There's a reason there's a lot of young former players that are that are part of this whole thing. Um, and I think it's a young guy that will connect. And clearly, connecting is a big deal to Doug Peterson. Now, having said that, it should be a big deal to every coach. But you can really tell coaching's changed. And I say that it's not true. Coaching probably hasn't changed at all. But the hiring of coaches has changed. Football coaches used to be the scream and demean, act like a military guy. The Tim Brewster in the, the, the tweet from Colorado, stand up, sit down, sit down, do what I tell you, all the military stuff. I'm not, I'm not saying discipline doesn't matter because football is the ultimate sport. Discipline matters. If you're not tough and you're not disciplined to your regimen and your pre- preparation, you're not only going to lose, you're going to get hurt. So discipline really matters in football, and don't ever think for a minute that I'm implying that it doesn't. But there's different ways to share the message of discipline and accountability. And I think we are seeing more than ever in all of our sports um, coaches who connect. I see it in Major League Baseball, Gibby, all the time. It, it's, not, it's not as much old guys who are crusty and, and know the game. It's maybe younger guys or maybe not, maybe older guys. But it's guys who connect with players, not old. You ever notice that Gibby in baseball? Oh yeah. It's not the old grizzled guy anymore. Okay, it's not. It's uh, it's young guys. It's Terry Francona and Aaron Boone and guys that we know. And so, Lauren, to your question about about uh, Chad, in my mind, I don't pretend to know a lot about him. I'll learn more about Chad Hall, but he's a young guy. I was taken by the fact, Hayes, that Stefan Diggs was so effusive. He didn't just say you're getting a good one. He was over the top effusive. And Stefan's a guy that's a type A personality that you got to be able to connect with him. And I think the fact that you got a guy that not only coached Stefan Diggs and was part of that high-flying passing game, but a guy that clearly connected so much with him. I think, I think connectivity is what this hire is all about. By the way, let, let me also be careful here. He may be a phenomenal X's and O's guy, too. I just don't know him yet. But it's clear connectivity – and connecting with young football players is a big part of this hire. 
Yeah, and and he's got a relationship with Doug Peterson, so yeah, you, you know, certainly like that familiarity. So yeah, there, there's nothing uh, not to like here. Uh, he's been with the Bills uh, since 2017. He's been the receivers coach for the last four years, so uh, certainly uh, his has done a, a great job there and has been a part of Buffalo becoming one of the top teams in the league. So, yeah, it's to me it it seems like you know a, a great move, and again, I think it's a great move because it's who Doug Peterson wanted. You know, you didn't see seven guys get tweeted out that they're interviewing for the receivers position. This was really the only guy that I think he talked to for it. So uh, Doug Peterson, again, had a plan and uh, went and, and I think got a great candidate. Yeah. It is always a little surprising that when your receiving core is pretty successful, like the bills was that they wouldn't renew the contract of Chad Hall. But I think he's inheriting also a really good receiving core here, especially with the addition of Calvin Ridley. Yeah. The, uh, there is a really, not just locally and this hires part of it, Doug being mentioned as coach of the year, whether he wanted or not, and he should have, but he didn't, is part of it. There's a really good vibe about around this thing, isn't there? You know what I mean? And I will tell you, both locally and nationally, it's a great time to have a good vibe because at some point they've got to introduce this stadium renovation. That is, that is coming. I don't know when they're doing it. I don't know how they're doing it. But at some point, they're telling Jacksonville, hey, look, we need a billion dollars. Now, I don't know how much of that Shad's going to put up or the city's going to put up. I don't pretend to know the, the, the business arrangement. But it's somehow a billion dollars, a billion dollars is going to be needed to either build or renovate a stadium. So, so Now would be a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have good momentum when you yeah. do it. And again, I, and, I, and, I, and Mark Lamping's the smartest person I know with stuff like this. He'll know when to do it. But at some point, that make no mistake about the fact that it's coming. And so... So the positive vibe about this is there's no better time to have a positive vibe about your team, and it couldn't be much more positive than it is now. No doubt about it. We're starting to see some early odds come in for next year's Super Bowl. Yeah, we are. And uh, the Jaguars are doing quite well. Uh, I saw one that they were tied for eighth. Uh, and so, again, to our power poll conversation, uh, I think it was a four-way tie for eighth is what I saw. And a couple of the teams that were right there, you could tell – Vegas doesn't know who their quarterback's going to be yet, so they're kind of hedging their bet. I think, I think they're hedging their bet a little bit on almost putting Aaron Rodgers or, or Tom Brady with like one, like three teams. There, there were some teams in there that were too high. So uh, again, that's I think that's Vegas being a little worried about is uh, is a big time quarterback going to show it, it that outpost, but. To see them in a four-way tie for eight, so that would at worst be 12th. Um, and again, I can tell you that once the quarterback dominoes fall into place, it'll probably be more like the Jaguars are eighth or ninth. Uh, it, it speaks to the excitement and, and just, I think, the recognition from the country of the Jaguars are, are now a, a legit threat. Yeah, I was looking at those too. It's surprising to me a little bit that these odds have come out before the Super Bowl is played because you would think that that would somewhat determine who well, they think is going to be. So it's they'll the be Chiefs, adjusted. The Chiefs uh, have the best odds, then the Bills, then the Eagles. I guess that's why I was thinking right. that because if the Eagles when you'd right. think they would be the number one. And then it's 49ers, Bengals, Cowboys, Chargers, and then I see the ones I looked at, the Jaguars are in a five-way tie with the Ravens, the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Jets. And that'll change a bunch. That'll, that'll change throughout the spring and so summer. So, like, the Raiders, Jets, 
and yeah. and the Broncos is ridiculous. Right, but, agreed. But the Raiders and the Jets, that's banking on obviously not just a quarterback upgrade, but a significant mm-hmm. quarterback upgrade. And I don't two of those aren't gonna happen because as of now, right. there's only one guy that is even available potentially in Aaron Rodgers that would qualify as a major upgrade, assuming Brady doesn't come back. Yeah. So I uh it is interesting. Let me get, let me get back. But so the point the point of the topic is that there's great energy. What are your expectations for the the revealing of the stadium? How that thing's going to go? And 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 I wonder too if part of the strategy here. Do you do do you reveal it during the current administration? That you know will be very supportive. Lenny Curry, say what you want about Lenny Curry. Um, I like Lenny. I, I'm a, Lenny's a friend, and I like him. Every politician people like, some like, some don't. I like Lenny. But whether you like him or don't like him, he's very pro-Jaguars. He's been very supportive of Shad, very supportive of what the Jaguars are trying to do, uh, clearly understanding the importance of that team in town and what it means to this town. Do you re- do you push for it now while Lenny's still in office? Or do you, I mean, do you, uh, do you reveal it? Because that, that goes to June 30th. You don't know who the new mayor is going to be. It might be Daniel Davis. It might be Leanna Cumber. It might be Donna Deegan. Who knows? You know, who knows where that thing's headed? What's your expectation? What, what's your guess? I would think you have to reveal it after the new mayor is in place. So you wait till July. You think? I would think. I would think you would. You would wait. What do you think? I would think it's going to come before that. Yeah, yeah. I would think there's so much talk. And again. Mark Lamping has got Mark's got such a good feel for this stuff. His gut on this stuff is is so good. His instincts are, are, are so good on this, and don't and know and know they've done their due diligence. Now they there there's here's what's interesting about Jacksonville. There's 19 city council seats. Eleven are going to change. There's going to be 11 new council people. This 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 rotation. July 1st, we're going to say hello to 11 new count of the 19. So I've got to believe the fact that there's going to be, by July 1st, there's going to be a new mayor and 11 new council people probably factors into all of it. I, I, probably, I might reveal it before, too. I might be with Lauren on this. I might uh, just unveil the thinking. You know, I mean, I, I, I might. I, I, I would almost want to hear what the candidates say. Uh, and, uh, and, and frankly, if there's, if there's debates, wouldn't you think a candidate would have to be asked about it anyway? Whether 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 the Jags say here's our plan or not, wouldn't you think if there's if there's a debate, I, I assume there's going to be mayoral debates. I mean, there aren't there always debates. Uh, if there's a mayoral debate, wouldn't somebody say, how do you feel about even even if the specifics of a plan aren't out there? Wouldn't you think? I, I would think so because it's it's integral for our city. I mean, there like we've always said, there's one pro team here, and they've made so much progress with the Miller Electric Performance Center that you would think it's just only natural to start the renovations and at least announce it and then start them soon. And understand this. Whatever deal the Jags in the city come to, 24 of the 32 NFL owners have to approve it. All right? 24 of them. People don't want to hear this, but there's a reality that there are some owners who don't think the NFL should be in Jacksonville. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. There are some owners that if they had their druthers, again, they're shared, they're shared revenues, and they believe they'd share bigger revenues if this team was somewhere else. 
So there are some owners that would love to see the Jags move. Well, the Jags are never moving. The only thing that could move them out of here is if somehow, some way, this city didn't build a stadium. And I've said this before. There's no gray area there. St. Louis, Oakland, San Diego did not build stadiums. And those teams all left. Buffalo had to just get its stadium done because there was talk if it didn't get done, that team would leave. Can you imagine football without the Buffalo Bills? Can't imagine it. But there was talk before they got that deal done. Now, Nashville just got a deal done. There was no t- – that one was ahead of its time, didn't you think? Mm-hmm. I thought I thought the Nashville deal that just got done was ahead of its time a little bit. But I do think the Buffalo and Nashville deals will be a template for what happens here because it will be a template for what the owners will vote for. If there's a deal that's not NFL friendly, that's not there's so many people over the years that have said, well, the city gives these the pro team too much, not just in our city. Uh, the city gives – well – the owners have to vote as to whether or not to accept it. So, again, if the owners don't accept, you do, you don't you have to get this deal done. Again, there's no gray area here. If the deal doesn't get done, history tells us teams leave. Can the owners say, we don't want a renovation, it has to be a new stadium? That, I don't know. That's in the weeds more than I, I think. I don't think so. They've never done that. No. Okay. And I will tell you that – from what I've heard, from what I do hear from sources that I mm-hmm. trust, that the Jaguars have a plan that they will present and that the belief is the owners will approve it if the city approves the plan the Jaguars put in front of them. The question then is, does the city come back and negotiate and does the deal become less NFL slash team friendly and do the owners then not approve that one? But I think there's a deal – I mean, Shad's very well liked among that ownership group. I can tell you that, respected and real, like really well liked. And I think there is there's a plan that the Jags will present. That if the city agrees to that plan, that the owners will approve. I, I can tell you the Jags believe they've got the plan, and the Jags, by the way, I think know what the plan is going to be. They know they know what plan they want to take to the city. I do. It may not be totally buttoned up, but I think there's enough done that I think the Jags have a plan that they want to take to the city and to city leadership. And if indeed that plan gets passed, which means by the city council and the mayor, the, the administration, then really by the city council. The city council is the one that has to put this through, but the, the administration has to be on. You want the administration on board. They have a plan that they will put through, Hayes, that they are confident that the, that the NFL will pass. Yeah, and it's, it's going to happen with the next administration, to your point. You're not going to get this done in four months. So uh, th- that's why I would. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. And so that's why I would wait. I, you know, I would wait. I'd let I'd let everybody. Obviously, people are going to be asked about candidates going to be asked about it in a general sense. Um, if you release sp- the specifics of everything, then I think it becomes the overwhelming, you know, ticket that everybody is going to be uh, weighing in on and commenting on. So I, I think they'd be better served to wait. Uh, let get past the election, uh, let everybody kind of get settled, and then, uh, you know, bring it right as everybody's getting excited about football. I'll and t- that may be the plan. I'll was, take – go ahead. I was just going to say, it's too bad Trevor just didn't – in the last paragraph of <laughs> By his, the way. Oh, by the way, the city of innovations that need to be forthcoming. Um, so there you go. I will say this, to your point, Hayes, if they wait, they can't wait much longer. I I, I mean, if, it, if it's after July 1, I would think it's soon thereafter. I would mm-hmm. – and again – Make no mistake about this, and I don't know this, but I would imagine that the Jacksonville Jaguars have had conversations with a myriad of council candidates and mayoral candidates. Now, I don't pretend to know that. I don't know how that stuff works. 
but I would think that that I would if if someone's going so if I think someone's going to win a council seat, I might get an idea where they stand. You know what I mean? I might. I mean, if Hayes Carline is going to win District Twelve, mm-hmm. and it and, and all the polls show that Hayes is going to win District Twelve. Yeah, if, I, if I'm Mark Lamping, I may sit down with Hayes Carlin and say, Hayes, where do you stand on this? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, wouldn't you think? Mark's got my vote. <laughs> <laughs> and you would be good at District 12, although I have no idea where District 12 is. Mm-hmm. And now they're, re- now they're relining them now, so I really don't know. I would be disappointed if any of the mayors are not pro-stadium Any of the mayor, mayoral candidates. Right. Yeah. Any of the yeah, future mayoral candidates are, any, are against yeah. the stadium renovations. Well, I would think this. Uh, it's not a black and white issue. Uh, it's not either for or against. I think what you have to deal with is will there will the whoever wins the mayoral race and for that matter the city council races will they feel like their constituents won't support the details I don't think anybody doesn't want a, a team here we all know that if the the stadium doesn't get redone there won't be a team here so I think everybody understands everybody understands that you're going to have to change the stadium whether it's build a new one or renovate I think everybody understands that that's going to have to happen for there to be a team here, and nobody doesn't want a team here, and you damn sure don't want to be the person that under your watch it left. Okay, so so I I don't that because that becomes your legacy. No matter what else you do with with parks and drainage and taxes, if you're the mayor and the team left, mm-hmm. that's your forever. That's your legacy. Nobody nobody wants that. So, but it's it's when you get into the weeds. Does one mayoral candidate say I like? This deal, but not as much as that deal, and so so we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about where the Jaguars are. And listen, I um, I call games in every stadium in the league. I see them all. Ours is not as nice as the ones. It's just not. And I and I'm not talking about broadcast booth. Our broadcast booth is fine. I'm talking about getting in. I'm talking about getting out. I'm talking about seeing the seats. I'm talking about sight lines. I'm talking about amenities and hospitality and things I see in these new stadiums that we don't have. That's a reality. I mean, there, there's no, you know, fans don't always see that because fans don't get to go to all the stadiums. And I'm not saying, hey, look at me, I get to see it. But you know my point. I, I can tell you as someone who's on the radio that I see all the stadiums and we got some work to do. That's just a reality. Look, we were at UNF yesterday. UNF had a fine arena, but they decided hospitality is really important and they completely redid that area for their donors and it's now absolutely gorgeous and very welcoming, and anyone who would go in there would say, wow, this is so much better than before. That's what the Jaguars can have. All right, we'll take a break. One, one hour to go. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk some Super Bowl, the actual game. That and more when we continue. Stay with us. Time for all things Jaguars and NFL with Pete Prisco. The Prisco Report, presented by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Showtime. On the Frangie Show. All right, Showtime always uh, supports the uh, and sponsors the Pete Prisco Report. You can head to Showtime on Phillips Highway at the end of Shad Road. Man, they've got all that Jaguar stuff, all that Trevor stuff, autograph memorabilia, no matter who you root for. They're open seven days a week at the corner of Phillips and Shad. Of course, you find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's head to the desert where Pete Prisco checks in. Pete, how you doing, buddy? Good. What's up, guys? How how's, are you? How's the week been? How many How many for you now? How many of this? How many of this? 33. 33 Super Bowls. That's pretty cool. 33. Is this a good, good and, week and, so far? Yeah, and Frank, uh, we've seen them all. Just to remind everybody we're that old. We've actually seen them all. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes, we have. We old guys have, as a matter of fact. We'll have to uh, – our show, by the way, will be live at the Combine later on the, this uh, this month. Pete, oh, so I will see you there. Yes, yeah, so we'll yeah, definitely catch up. up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, let's, let's, let's start with the first things first. Uh, I said at the top of the program, I'm really not trying to be a homer. 
but when your team has picked first overall two years in a row, that means your roster is really bad. That means it's been a really bad team. I think to take that team to a division title, a winning record, a playoff win, I think Doug Peterson should have been the coach of the year. I just don't think the Jaguars are as relevant as a team in the big market. I'm not whining. It's just my opinion. Agree or disagree? I actually disagree. I voted for Kyle Shanahan. I'm, yeah. I'm one of the voters. And, and look, Doug was second on my list. I went yeah. one, two, three. I went, I went Kyle Shanahan, Doug Peterson, uh, and then I actually put Nick Sirianni third. And I didn't put Brian Table on the list, and he won, and which was surprising to me because he didn't have a winning record against team. I mean, against teams that did have winning record, he he had a losing record. He lost three times to the Eagles, and so that that's why I put Kyle Shanahan on that list. And again, we vote that the week after the regular season ends, uh, not after the postseason or during the postseason. So, uh, you know, I put Kyle Shanahan in there because he, he had his team as the number two seed, and some people thought, you know, they were the best team in the NFC if they don't get the quarterback hurt, and he's down to his third quarterback, a guy who was Mr. Irrelevant. So, yeah, I could see the case for Doug. Doug's the, definitely the coach of the year in the AFC. I just went with Kyle Shanahan because he was down to his third quarterback. Pete, did you get a chance to see uh, and read Trevor Lawrence's letter to the fans? And if so, do you have any thoughts on that? I did, and it tells you a lot about the kid. I mean, look, well, first off, it tells you a lot about two things. It tells you a lot about where the team is from a fan perspective. And and we've talked a bunch about that leading into the postseason and everything else. But the market is hot now, and, and they love that team, and the fan base is energized, and people who weren't true fans are now fans, and I think that's what he's talking about, and he felt that, and he sensed it, and I think he's smart that way, and uh, it was a class act. I mean, he's a, he's a great kid, he's a great quarterback, and he's the guy that's going to be, you know, the focal point of that team for a long, long time, and if if they don't win a Super Bowl in the next 10 years, it will be considered a major major failure on my part, because I think that, that kid is that good to do that. Yeah, I totally agree. I want to go back to the coach of the year, Pete. Do you think you should vote that the vote should be held later so that you can take into account some of the postseason? Probably so, but you know, it would be hard to do if they want to try and, you know, tie it up with the with the honors the week before the Super Bowl. So I think that's why they do it that way and uh, I mean, look, if you, if you had to vote again, you probably put Sirianni first. I mean, he he got his team here, he's dominated in the postseason and and, you know, they might have the best team in the league. So uh, I think, you know, yeah, you could probably make a case for that. But, again, it's a regular season award, and I think they try to keep it that way. Pete, let's get to the Super Bowl. We'll get to the game in a minute. But what's the vibe out there? What's the, what are the storylines? Um, what are people saying about these two teams? Uh, give me kind of a 10,000-feet overview of your week in Phoenix. Yeah, you know, look, there's a lot of fans here because these two teams, like Jacksonville, if Jacksonville ever gets the Super Bowl, it's going to be the same type of thing. I know the national media doesn't believe that, but it would. But the Chiefs fans are all here and the Eagle fans, you know, they come and enforce it. You saw them in Jacksonville that one year. So, yeah, this is this is uh, definitely one of those situations where you got two uh, passionate fan bases and, and you're feeling that, you're sensing it. And as far as the storylines, the, the storylines are, can anybody slow down Mahomes? And, and you know, look, Jaguars, didn't uh you know when he was in there and then he hurt his ankle and that was a different guy against the Bengals he was a much different guy because he couldn't move but two weeks will help him and I think this is one of those games where he gets the ball out and throws it around a little bit and and, and in fact throws it around a lot and, and attacks that Eagles defense but you get the you know the storylines are you know the Kelsey you know which I, I said the other day on our air I said it would be a, and as a guy who has brothers I say this 
it'd be a much better story if they were playing right opposite each other. Right, right. I mean, could you imagine that? You got to go right against your brother. That would be fun. Uh, and then, you know, the Andy Reid and, and Andy Reid, you know, is in the conversation as one of the top five or six, seven, eight coaches in the NFL history. And if he wins another one, he's definitely in that talk. So I think those are the storylines, Greg. Pete, how do you see the game playing out? Who do you who do you like and, and what kind of score do you think we're going to see? I think Patrick Mahomes has evolved as a quarterback in large part because he was forced to do so. No Tyreek Hill. You know, the scrambling, the freelancing, all that kind of gets minimized a little bit. And he becomes a guy who's getting so much better from the pocket and getting the ball out and finding the right guy and going through his progressions. It's not, you know, early on, he was a streetball player and it was great. It was fun. It was, you know, fantastic to watch. Now he's a little more harnessed and he's, he's much better. I think he's a better quarterback now. I used to say that about Mark Brunel back in the day when I covered Mark Brunel. Early on, when he played Denver in the playoffs and they went on that run, everybody was, you know, look how Mark Brunel get out of the pocket and run around and do the things he does. And it's fun to watch, but he was a better quarterback two years later. And, and I think that's where we are with Mahomes. I mean, he is so much better. I think this is going to play out a high scoring game. I think both teams will score. I can't wait to see what Spagnola does to throw at the Eagles. You know what I, I would do. And Frank, you know, this six, two stack monster. Yeah, Don't love it. Run. Love it. Love it. Don't let him run. Uh, if, you know, in the Eagles, you guys know how the Eagles run. They they pin and pull. They pin and pull, and they get Kelsey out, and they get the guards out. If you get penetration, you're not going to get those pullers out, and I think that's the way you stop their run game. Uh, so I think there's a ton of storylines, but Spagnola's defense, how he slows down the Eagles' run game and tries to make Hurts beat him, and then can they do anything to slow down Patrick Mahomes because I think he's playing the best football of his career. Lauren, before you go, do either of you know what movie that's from? 6-2 Stack Monster. 6-2 uh, Stack Monster, 6-2 Stack Monster. Longest Shard. No. No. You want to take a shot at it? I have no idea. Gibby, you want to take a shot at it? I didn't even hear the question, okay. so no. <laughs> All the right moves, for God's sake. I've never seen six, that. Two, you, know, you got to see that, okay? With the five foot six corner who's getting yeah. recruited yeah. by everybody. Yeah, that's Tom Cruise. Yeah, filmed in yeah. Johnstown, Pennsylvania, Pete. Just thought you should know this. That's, that's right. Good. That's right. I love it. Uh, Pete, you can't have the quarterbacks. Who's the Super Bowl MVP? Chris Jones. Okay. I think Chris Jones can be that game wrecker. I think he can destroy the run game. I think he can get a couple sacks. Uh, he's so fast and so electric, and they move him around. I, I, and, and again, for all the talk about the Eagles having the best offensive line and one of the best maybe ever, they gave up 44 sacks this year. 44, that's a lot. So I think there's going to be opportunity for Chris Jones to, you know, it's, it's a long shot. I mean, I wouldn't say definitely I'd pick Mahomes, but uh, I would definitely think that if you're going to pick a defensive player, he'd be that guy. We all said the same thing. We all, we all, if we took the quarterbacks off, I think Chris Jones is the first guy we all mentioned. We did this earlier in the week. You know who's a good player, Pete? Isaiah Pacheco is a good player. And I and I had no attention. Where do you go? Rutgers? He's Rutgers, right? Rutgers. He, yeah, Rutgers. He, he's a good player. I mean, he's like a really good player. But running backs can do that, can't they? They can come out of nowhere. Nobody knew Miles Sanders either. Uh, I think Pacheco affects this game. I, I think the running games, obviously, you expect Philly to run it a little bit. I think the Chiefs running game affects the game a little bit. Have I lost my mind? No, you haven't lost your mind, but I think it's going to be more of them throwing to those backs. Uh, I the Eagles play a ton of cover four, and you know they, that means you're going to have dump offs to the backs for big games. I think, you know, 
when you play that cover four, you run Kelsey into the middle, they're going to double him. At least I would. I would beat him up like Belichick used to beat up Gates and uh, Tony Gonzalez. That's what I would do. And then, you know, he'll dump it off to McKinnon and Pacheco. I think both guys, I think McKinnon's going to have a big day catching the ball out of the backfield. I I think, you know, he's going to probably get six, seven catches. I think Pacheco will have a couple. But as far as if they get a lead and they want to run it, that's when you get Pacheco. I was talking to his, I bumped into his agent the other day, (laughs) coincidentally, and and uh, we were talking about why they didn't. Nobody went after him. And part of the problem was when he was at Rutgers, they had a bad offensive line, and they just told him run as hard as you can, hit the hole. Mm-hmm. Well, there was never any holes, so he's running full blast because he runs hard. He's a violent runner, right. full blast into the back of his offensive lineman. And when you watch the tape, I went back and looked at it, and he wasn't exaggerating. And I think that's why people missed on him. I, I, he's a good. He's, I think he's a good player. Yeah, absolutely. he's got a burst, man. Yeah, absolutely. Pete, I want to ask you about another running back that's uh, sort of uh, lumped into a, another question. What did you think of this Hall of Fame class, and did it help or hurt Fred Taylor moving forward? Well, I think it helped them because I think it cleared out some of the guys that were obvious. That's why it helped them. I mean, you, you know, look, I, Joe Thomas and Darrell Rivas were slam dunks for me, and, which was great, by the way, why Tony Vaselli got in last year because then he would have been going against Joe Thomas. So I think it's fantastic he got in last year. So it gets those two in. I was a little surprised on Ronde Barber. I never thought he was a Hall of Famer. That's just me. I think he was in the Hall very good. And, and, and I said to somebody last night, I said, did Ronde Barber play his position better than Fred? Was he better at his position than Fred Taylor was at his? And the answer to that question is no. He was a good player, but I don't think he was ever – did you ever consider him as a, one of those top corners in the league? He was a good player, could do a lot of things, but I never never saw him that way. I'm glad Zach Thomas got in. If Brian Urlacher got into the first ballot, then Zach Thomas should get in. Um, and I don't think Brian Urlacher should have got in on the first ballot either. And then DeMarcus Ware, I, I love that one. I'm, I'm glad the committee put him in. So uh, I think they cleared out some guys. Next year's class is terrible, by the way. The guys who are up, it's not a good class. Um, you know, Gates will get in. He'll be a first ballot guy, but the rest of that class is good. So Fred could get back into the mix and maybe get in. He needs to get into the room. That's the problem. He does definitely needs to get in the room. And the other thing, too, Hayes, it's time for Tom Coughlin to be nominated. Somebody's yes. got to, yep, you know, he gets nominated and he's going to get in. He has to get in. Don Coriel is one of the great coaches of all time. You know how many Super Bowls he has? None. Yeah. He we got all, in. We all agree with you. Pete, do you think Tom Brady will play football again? No, I do not. I think he's done. I, I think he's setting himself up for life after football. I think everything he went through, uh, you know, he wants to focus on his kids and his businesses and stuff. I think he's finished. And, you know, he always said he played a 45. Well, here he is. Uh, he lived up to that. So, no, I think he's finished. I, by the way, I said the same thing at the top of the program you did about the Hall of Fame, uh, maybe even a little stronger. Revis and Joe Thomas were no-brainers. I don't know that I – Agreed with any of the others. I, I'm, I never begrudge a guy getting in. I, I get ang- more angry, Pete, about guys not getting in. If you got in, that means you're a pretty damn good player. Um, but I think Zach Thomas would have been third for me, and I, I, I'm not as in love with Ware as others, and, and I didn't think Rondé Barber would get in. So I, I, I was a little underwhelmed, Pete, by the class, I think, a little bit. And next year's group is not good. I mean, they're really, even they, I mean, there's guys like Connor Barwin is actually not in one of I mean, it's ridiculous. So I think if anything, Fred can get – uh, have a chance next year, but you know, look, it's it's the small market thing and everything that goes along with that, and I think that it's hurt in so many ways. And and Jacksonville, you know, that's the best thing about happening about this team now when they start taking off. It's going to be relevant. Yeah. Give me a score from Sunday. Thirty-three thirty, Chiefs. Thirty-three. Mahomes, 
throws four, four touchdown passes. Uh, he's going to throw, you know, two outside, and he'll throw one to the tight end, Kelsey, and then he'll throw one to, you know, the one of their goofy shovel pass plays to one of those guys. <laughs> That's exactly right. Pete, enjoy the game, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Take care. Pete Prisco checking in from CBSSports.com. As always, brought to you by Showtime Sports Card and the Collectibles. If you haven't been there and you're a collector, we'll shame on you. Open seven days a week, located on Phillips Highway right there at Shad Road. They've got all that Jaguar stuff. They've got all that Trevor stuff. Man, they got a lot of good stuff. Uh, you also can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. More in a moment. Stay with us. You know well, I'm a chicken fried. A cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio. The jeans one still gets me. <laughs> she had the lipstick going. The pair of jeans that fit just right. I'm, I am almost never wearing jeans, and I'm wearing jeans when the song plays. It's so shocking. Well, what happened earlier in the show was like when <laughs> yeah. a, a shaman has right. his tribe in a right. trance right. right that was that was I'm the closest thing that i've she, seen she was locked in it wouldn't matter what happened so there you've always said like you wanted someone to video me at a concert yeah. now you don't need it that, that is been, what i look like that would have been two hours straight the coup de gras right there, there. what there happened in that stapleton song there could have been a break-in they could have looted the place yeah she'd have never known no it would have been no, never known i get really into music uh, time now for Best Bet, What to Watch. Head out to the Best Bet. They do such a fantastic job. Early bird specials are going on at Best Bet. Saturdays and Sundays in Orange Park, $300 high hands from 9 until 10 in the morning. All kind of fun stuff. A Run Good Poker Series is coming to the Best Bet Jacksonville. That's in March. Those satellites begin at the end of this month. They begin at the end of February. All kind of fun stuff. And, oh, by the way, the big game special this Sunday. During the big game, $1,000 high hands every 30 minutes from 6 to 11 uh, all kind of fun stuff, 200 times the score uh, during the uh, time period as well. So head to the best bet. Always fun stuff going on at the best bet. They do a great job, and I'm proud to have them as a sponsor and have for the longest time. The best bet, what to watch? This was pretty easy. It starts at 6 o'clock on Sunday, and it's going to be a heck of a Super Bowl. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to follow it. Uh, I'm excited about where I think it's headed. I'm excited about that. It'll probably be a lousy game because we think it's going to be a great game, but the best bet, what to watch, is pretty easy. Uh, Super Bowl uh, at 6-18. On Sunday. He and I, I have the same score, by the way. 33-30? Yeah, 33-30. I would Chief. just be very surprised if it's not. But I think it's that game. I'll, I'll, even go, I'll tell you what, I'll go 38-31. Okay. And I think the Chiefs, too. Uh, give me a score, Hayes. I've got it 37-23, Eagles. Give me how about a score? Uh, score, well, i got to go under because I picked the under. 32-30. to. Thirty to twenty. How about that? And who do you have winning? The Eagles. Okay, so I got. I got He's in the under by a hair. Lawrence, yeah, I think it'll be that kind of game. Lawrence thirty-three thirty Chiefs. Yep. And I did say that before Pete said it today. Hayes is thirty-seven twenty-three uh, Philly. Gibby is thirty twenty Philly. Thirty twenty Philly. That's kind of a route. I hope you're wrong. And I am thirty-eight thirty-one. Uh, Kansas City. So Lauren and I both think Kansas City is going to win the game, as does Pete, uh, Gibby, and uh, Hayes both think. I just think the so. Philly defense will step up. Like they, I was telling Lauren this in the break. So Philadelphia has the most sacks in the NFL by 15, and Mahomes has the ankle. So and, I don't know. By the way, that's a great stat. Uh, the most of a, well, look, like they had like 70 sacks this year. It comes down to what game it is. It, 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 that's what it comes down. If it's that game where it's physical. 
and, and, and a lot of punts and a lot of defense and nobody can really get anything going, well, then the Eagles win that game. If it's uh, let's turn it into a track meet and up and down the field, in my opinion, then uh, that's the game the Chiefs won. I think the Chiefs play even with a little bit of tempo, but it is too. It's just the two number one seeds, which you want. It's two tough physical teams. It's uh, it's probably the two best teams in the NFL. It, it, for right now, it's the two best teams in the NFL. And I would think, regardless of who wins, Hayes, you go into next year with it being the two best teams in the NFL. Don't you sense that? I absolutely would. I, I think they're going to be right there because I think the Eagles have a good chance to get stronger this offseason with the draft compensation that they have. And Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere, and he's certainly proven that uh, he can remain at, at the top of his game even with uh, significant personnel losses. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they're both going to be the head of the class next year. And, and then in the second tier, you'll have – the Bills, you'll have Cincinnati, uh, you'll have San Francisco, depending on what they do at quarterback, and uh, you'll have the Jaguars. Yeah, I would say after the first five next year, these two teams, Bills and Bengals, would be most people's first four. The 49ers, the, oh, there's a, I think there's a drop-off after the first four because people really don't know where the 49ers are headed at quarterback. They've got a very good team, but I don't think people know – What's going to happen at quarterback? If the 49ers had Trevor Lawrence, they might be picked to win it next year. You know, if they, if they had if they had Josh Allen or or Mahomes or Hurts, they would probably be they would probably be the team picked to win it next year. See, so I wish the 49ers at least had had a healthy Brock Purdy, so we could have seen the too. Eagles get tested just to see which team I, is better. Yeah, that was the biggest the biggest shame of the postseason, other than our team losing. Right. The biggest shame of the postseason, not Jaguar related was not getting to see 49ers Eagles with a healthy Brock Purdy. That would have been a lot of fun. I, I cuz he it wasn't a it wasn't a, a fluke all the stuff he did. Once he got hurt they weren't able to play. And so I I would've really been interested to see that uh, as well. But after but back to the point. In what order you have them? Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, Bills, I think are the top 4 in most people's mind. I would agree with you the 49ers are next. There's just uncertainty at quarterback. And then after those 5 yeah, I think the Jaguars will make the conversation. I think so will the Ravens. I think there's some other teams that will be in that conversation. Uh, will the Cowboys be in that conversation? Maybe. Um, will the Chargers be in that conversation? Probably. But I there's, so there's a hand. But I would think after you get through the first four and then figure out where you stand on San Francisco based on quarterback, I would think the Jags are in the conversation of the next group. And a team who's been there that's clearly not is are the Titans. Yeah, they're not. They're, yeah, but well, there's number one. There's all the uncertainty. Uh, I told you guys this. Uh, Mike Keys, who's the terrific play-by-play voice of the Titans, told me there's more uncertainty about which way they will go this year than his whole time. He's done every game. He's been there from the get-go, and he said he's he's more uncertain of where they remember they they, they just changed out their their GM. They've got a quarterback decision. Uh, Derrick Henry, as great as he is, is 29 years old. Uh, they've really got to decide. What well, Hayes, Hayes, you've been kind of on record saying they need to blow it up and start over. I don't think they're doing that because they do still have Jeffrey Simmons and Derrick Henry, and and they're accustomed to winning. and I, And I think they feel like there's still room in that window if they get quarterback figured out. But you're right; they're not. They're certainly not at the top of anybody's class right now, are they? I don't even think they're in the top 15 in the league right now. Well, it was really interesting seeing the. Uh, next year Super Bowl odds because the biggest thing the Jaguars have going for them is the other three teams in the division. I want to say we're ranked like 
26th, 30th, and 32nd. Is that right? I think the Titans were like wow. 26th. So Vegas thinks they're blowing it up. Uh, and then the Colts, I think, were 30th, and the Texans were last. Wow. It was something like that. How about that? Yeah, I, mean, I it, see Titans it, 27th, Colts 30th, and Texans 32nd. To your point. And where are the Jags in that list you're looking at? That they was, were tied for eighth. Okay. Wow. So what a gap. Start, you know, at make, least from, making the T-shirts of yeah. defending the <laughs> yeah. AFC yeah. South. Crown. At least from a yeah, at least from an expectation standpoint, what a gap. I never thought about that. It'll be interesting to see like, the, the wins do. losses when that starts rolling yeah. in from Vegas because I yeah. wonder if the Jags will be like ten and a half, something you like think that. High? Which is pretty high. Yeah. But I mean, I think again, we've talked about the schedule. Uh you get the NFC South and you're playing in a bad division. Um Yeah, I'm surprised. So I, I'm almost wonder if there'll be like a three win yeah. gap between yeah. like the Jaguars and the second best team and the AFC South. I'm surprised the Titans are that low. I, I, I see. That's where I think it's interesting that at least this book is trying to, I think, figure out early what these teams are going to be doing because the the Titans shouldn't be that low unless they're rebuilding it and they're going to get rid of Tannehill, Henry, Simmons, yeah. and they're just going to start start fresh. Yeah. So, but so you wouldn't have them that low if. Right. If Tennessee was going all in to try and yeah. stay relevant. And to your point, good point. Maybe that's what that that book thing. Yeah, that yeah, cuz that's low. I mean, that that so so we'll, anyway. By the way, the Colts last season, 10 before the season, 10 and a half games was the win-loss predicted from Vegas. Was it really? Came in with four wow. wins. Yeah, I would say the Jags You're way wrong on the Colts. I would say 9 9 and a half. 9 and a half will be the over and under for the Jags. You think it'll be higher? I think it'll be higher cuz yeah. again, I just yeah. think people look at the resistance. I mean, yeah. like we've talked about you know, you get six against your divisional opponents. You get four yeah. against the you're NFC right, South. You're right. You're good point. Because if it's nine and a half, I'd go over so fast your head would spin. Well, if people feel that way, then it's not the right over and under. It's not the right total. The total, the total should make everybody pause. And if the total doesn't make you pause, it's not the right total. That's a good point. So, second right. Lauren wraps the program after this with news and notes. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. All right, gentlemen, on this fine Friday afternoon slash evening, we're going to start with a little golf. And not who you think. I'm not starting with Tiger Woods. I'm actually starting with Nick Gabrelchek. Frank, he posted a runner-up finish at the hate to earn him his 10th A-Sun Men's Golfer of the Week honor. Of course, congratulations to UNF Men's Golf for finishing also second at the hate. Yeah, a handful of years, we'll be, we'll be following Nick at the player. Which is so cool to I me. Mean, I mean, he is, he is I told you, I, I, when I played in the, in the, the, am, the amateurs, the Celebrity mm-hmm. Am last year, the sponsor or whatever they call it, Nick was played with our group. Boy, is he good. Boy, is he some kind of good player, man. Really good. Hayes, I'm not sure how much you know about tennis. But did you see this uh, from earlier today? Florida women's tennis beat Florida State yesterday, headlined by a six-minute, 183-shot point from Emily Oliveira. Wow. Six-minute, 183-shot point. Have you that? ever heard of something like no. that? No, I never have either. Isn't that unbelievable? And, of course, to beat your rivals, uh, Florida beating Florida State. A single point yes. took six, six minutes? Six yeah. minutes and 183 shots. Well, if a what I will tell you is if a point ever took six minutes, it would be a lot of shots, you know. I've never heard of anything even remotely close to that. I haven't either. Uh, 
I did mention Tiger Woods. Tiger tweeted today that he is ready to play an actual PGA Tour event next week, so we get to have some Tiger Woods back in our lives on the PGA Tour. That'd be yeah. great. I mean, I didn't think there was any chance he'd participate in the Players' Championship because I just figured he wasn't going to be ready, but this is great news. Hopefully he plays well and enters the Players. That'd be awesome. I, I You know how I feel. God bless his soul. I don't think we're going to see much special from Tiger anymore, but Man, would I love to be wrong? It'd be it'd be it'd be great to see, and, and would 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 I'd love to see him play in this thing? Just just be here, be awesome. We talked about Florida hoops earlier. I don't know if y'all saw this stat, but average Ken Palm ratings for Florida's past four opponents: sixteen point two five. The next seven, eighty six point eighty six. Obviously, the lower the ranking, the the better the team is. So Florida over the next seven games has a much easier path than the last four games. Yeah, yeah. We, we said it earlier in the program that. Is is as bad as it has seemed. They're thirteen and eleven and six and five. The path is there to get to the NCAA tournament. You're never going to convince me that a team that goes eleven and seven or twelve and six in the SEC isn't getting in. I don't care what all the quad one this, quad two that. If you get the you get to twelve and six in this league or even eleven and seven, I think you're in. But they'd have to get to that. No question about it. They've got one more mulligan to play with. Um, after that, it's uh, you got to win them all. And since you still have to go to Arkansas, I would say they need to play very well over these next two games starting tomorrow against uh, what should be an outmanned Vanderbilt team. We also talked a little bit about the A-Sun as far as men's basketball goes. Tomorrow, Stetson at UNF tipping off at 2 p.m., Florida Gulf Coast at JU tipping off at 4 p.m. Yeah, those are big games for those two teams since, since both local teams lost yesterday. Uh, now they turn around and uh, both playing at home again. This time, uh, JU plays Gulf Coast and UNF plays Stetson. They play the opposing. Uh, if uh, I mean this is this, it's really big. I mean, both those teams need to find a way to win those games. It's really crucial now. I mean, they're in a three-way tie for ninth with each other in in Gulf Coast. Only ten teams are going to make the A Sun tournament. So I mean, it is you're they're in must-win territory now. Because uh, between Gulf Coast, UNF, and JU, one of them, it appears, is going to miss out. Uh, I guess there's a chance that Queens or, or Bellarmine at 6-7, and seven, if they you know fell apart, maybe they would finish 11th. But really seems like UNF and JU are, are going to have to play very well uh, to close this out to, to ensure that they at least get to participate in the ASUN tournament. And then once you get in there it's going to be about as difficult a path as they've probably had in years. Kind of wild. Bellerman was in the ace on finals last year and now is just fighting to make the tournament, which yeah. you don't normally see a, a slide that. Yeah. My down. assumption, you're right. You don't Lauren, And I, and I'm going to guess here cause I don't know, but my assumption is I remember watching them play. That looked like a really veteran team. Remember how they moved the ball I and mean, they played JU in that championship mm-hmm. game. And I thought they, I thought there was an efficiency to how they play. They were good last year. So my guess is, and I'm and I'm to be clear here, I'm guessing, just watching how they played last year, watching the shots they made, that looked like a team of a bunch of 22 and 23 year old guys. And if it was, then you'd struggle the next year. Is Liberty ever going to leave this league? <laughs> Actually, yes. I think there has been talk about them getting in a football league, a, f- a football basketball league, and I don't know which one it is, but I think is it the Southern Conference or is it the? It's one of them. It, it may be the Southern. It may Good. be. But yeah, Bye, but, don't let the door hit you on the way yeah, out. Yeah, but yeah. but I think the the expectations are that in a year or two they're going to be – it might be the Southern Conference. It's one of those. 
Well, because you should have teams in conferences that have similar athletic budgets. Yeah, and yeah. Since Liberty is, like we've said so it's many three, times, it's three, three times as much. It's you three times as much as the next highest. Right, absolutely. When it comes to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs did not list any players with any game injury designations, and the Eagles only listed wide receiver Britton Covey yeah. as questionable. So that means, for the most part, we're healthy on Sunday. And that's great. What you want is a healthy, two healthy teams playing in a healthy game. And, and again, I can't wait for, I can't wait for the game. I can't either. Hayes, who are the Colts and the Cardinals going to hire? I think the Colts are going to hire Jeff Saturday, um, which is going to be hilarious. <laughs> For and real? You really think that? I mean, what else <laughs> can I possibly think at this point? I mean. I think they might hire Jeff Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I, I, did, did, did you see where, who was it that came out today? Shaq Leonard maybe? Yeah. Came out and said they ought to hire him? Yeah. I mean, he was serious. He, he came out and said, listen, give him a whole year. I, I think they're hiring Jeff Saturday. I, I just do. I, I just Wow. I just think he's. Now, I would think even with Ursay, because it's such an unusual hire, it would be the ultimate short leash. But I get a, I, I agree with Hayes on this. I, I, I don't know if you were kidding when you said it or not. But I, no, I mean, it, again, you go through the usual suspects, and by process of elimination, he's kind of the last guy left. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so I think, uh, I think that's where I, it's going to end up. And I do, too. I, really, I, th- I think they're going to hire you. What do you think? I don't think they're going to. Think I think Jim Irsay, I think he's smart enough to have a pulse on the fan base to know that they would be very uh, upset. But Up until today or up until the last week or so, I said he, there's no way he can do it. But I don't know. I think he's my hire Jeff Saturday. The Cardinals is tough to figure, too. I'll oh, wait, go- couldn't it be Eric Bieniemy? Sorry to interrupt. It could be. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, to me, would make a lot I, of sense. And I that hope Bieniemy make- gets a job. Me, too. In, in fact... I have no interest in seeing the enemy in Indianapolis because my gut tells me he's going to be pretty good. Yeah, and and I think uh, um, Cincinnati's defensive coordinator Lou Amarino. Yeah, uh, thank you. I think he's got <laughs> a good chance to. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got a chance to to get the Cardinals job. By the way, did you know three people have been to every single Super Bowl? Don Krisman, Tom Henschel, and Gregory Eaton will attend their 57th Super Bowl wow. on Sunday. Vito Stellino was on that list for a long time, who that? covered the Jaguars here. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he covered the first, I would guess, 48, Did 49. He really? Did he? Wow. You know, maybe even more than that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, and when, when, when Vito was still, I think it was six when uh, Vito was still going. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a remarkable feat. How many have there been? Feat. This, is the this will be the 57th. Yeah, it, it really. I got to be honest. It got, I never thought about it till Prisco said earlier that he and I have seen them all. I thought, gosh, I have. I've seen every Super Bowl. And which one did you get right? Uh, the Dallas Dallas beat Miami twenty four to three. Whatever year that was, twenty four to three. My dad gambling buddies all wanted me to come come. It's a good pick that for me. And I, and I was just a kid. But whatever year, whatever year Dallas beat the Cowboys. Dallas. I was I was like I was like twelve or thirteen or ten or eleven. I don't know whatever. Whatever year Dallas beat the Cowboys. Dallas beat the Dolphins 24 to 3. I hit it on the head. On the head. It was January 16th, 16th, 1972. Goes to show you how different the season is as far so, as the calendar goes. We're so, a month after, but so yeah, I would have been 32. Thir- I'd have been 13. I'd have been 13. It's true story. I, I mean, it, and, and I got it right on the head. And they're all laughing. Frankie, hey, Frankie, what do you think? Hey, hey let's ask, forget Frank. We're ask Frankie. Frankie, what do you think? It's the 24 3, Dallas. <laughs> and my buddy, they go, you, you all heard it. Came in. My, 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 my dad's buddy go, can you bring him back in? <laughs> <laughs> now, the next year, the Dolphins went undefeated, and right. that's the classic yeah. story from that. Uh, so, last night, NFL honors, Patrick Mahomes won his second MVP in six seasons. Yeah, he, he's great. I think he's going to be – he's 27 years old. I, I, think he, I, think he's the best, I think he's the best football player in the league. I think he's going to be the best player in the league for a long time. 
I think he's I think he's going to get better. He's under a great coach. He's going there. He's going nowhere. Andy Reid, sixty four. He's not going anywhere. I uh, I think we're about. I'm not saying we're about to see Tom Brady, part two, but I think we're about to see something pretty special. I I, I really do. I think uh, Trevor is going to make sure that Patrick doesn't get near Tom Brady's number. I certainly hope so. Hayes, did you agree with comeback player of the year, Geno Smith, Seahawks quarterback? Great year. Uh, certainly. I, I thought he would be a disaster. Uh, he certainly was far from that. Uh, Seattle got to the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I had absolutely no issues with Geno Smith getting it. Let me say this about that. To your point about Travis Etienne. That was the right answer. You, you, you <laughs> thought about him being a disaster. Uh, expecting him to be a disaster. Of all the comeback players of the year, usually you could have kind of expected it because they had been really good before and then got injured or something happened. He was never good before. Uh, the, what, made, what made it amazing is it's not like he was this really good player, then got hurt or something happened and he came back. He can't, he was a, it shouldn't be comeback player of the year. It was a, what in the world came out of nowhere player of the year. So I, I agree with Hayes. I absolutely think he should have won it. The Offensive Player of the Year, Justin Jefferson. Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa. Offensive Rookie of the Year and offensive, or sorry, and Defensive Rookie of the Year both go to Jets players. Garrett Wilson on offense and Sauce Gardner on defense. I assume, by Shouldn't the way. Shouldn't they have been better? <laughs> I assume, by the way, that um, if you're the MVP, you can't win the Offensive Player of the Year, too. I think you can, but they don't tend to do that. They don't the want voters, yeah. when, whoever they vote for MVP – they yeah. sort of disqualify that player because right. the offensive player from of the offense is player. Mahomes. Correct. Yeah. So, but yeah. they didn't want to give a both. Which I'm good with that. Too. I think you can, but the voters try to dis- to right. differentiate. Tyler Shatley was there. He was nominated for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, but Dak Prescott won. And finally, Frank, I don't know if you saw this, but the Angry Run of the Year Award. Did you see who won it? I did see who won it, and um, and Dan Mullen can't believe it. <laughs> Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen believed it was going to be Malik Davis. So who won the Angry Run of the Year? Award? The Jaguars linebackers couldn't believe it either because it was Damian Pierce going against the Jaguars. Yeah, how about that? Dan Mullen, uh, great just, player. Yeah. He must have been something in college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did see this. Jordan Reed ranked the quarterbacks in the draft. He has Bryce one, Bryce Young one. C.J. Stroud, two. Anthony Richardson, three. Hey, is for a potential team fit for AR, he has the Seattle Seahawks. What do you think about that? I like that. I mean, I like Pete Carroll. I like the program there. Uh, he could be brought along slowly. Geno Smith could, you know, assuming he's back, would have a lot of uh, great advice that he could give him. Um, so I, I think that'd be a comfortable landing spot uh, for Anthony Richardson. It, it you know, it's it's not where I think he ends up, but uh, but I think it I think for Anthony it would be a good spot. It's interesting, and again, I'm rooting. He's a wonderful kid. And I'm rooting so hard for AR. I mean that very sincerely. But a guy that completed 54 percent of his passes is rated as the third best guy in the draft by one of the analysts. It's, it's just it's just a, it's bizarre. It's a bizarre time. By the way, to that list, mm-hmm. I think Bryce Young is so good. I, I think both. I think the top two guys are going to be good. I I, I really do. But uh, boy, if Bryce Young stays healthy, boy, I think he's a good. Yeah, Levis four, and then Hendon Hooker five, just for what it's worth. And that's the five. Whatever order you got him in, that's the five. And finally, in case you missed it earlier, the Jaguars hired, or at least are planning to hire, Chad Hall as wide receivers coach. He has had that position in Buffalo for the past six seasons. Yeah, young guy with a lot of energy. Uh, A young guy that that will connect with players. A young guy that will connect with young players. I think that's why he got the job. It'll be fun to watch. All right, let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop.
Well, did you lock into the honors show last night? Yeah, I did. I, I went back and forth. Um, I'm not a huge fan uh, of that. Um, you know, I love the Hall of Fame and, and stuff like that. Uh, but as far as the season-long awards, kind of flipped back and forth. It was watched Tampa Bay last night play some hockey. That, that was a good game. But, um, you know, overall, I, uh, it, it was a good moment at the end there when they celebrated, you know, the return of uh, – who am I thinking of? Mar Hamlin. Yeah, Hamlin. The uh, that was a cool moment, and then the Hall of Fame. Boy, it, didn't it, it felt like the Hall of Fame used to be different than it is now? You know, I mean, I guess it was all those years waiting on Vaselli, but to, to make the announcement they did uh, the way they did it last night uh, to me it appeared to be a little bit different. Yeah, but, I, um, I don't know. And, and I and honestly, I said this earlier. I think. I, it never bothers me when someone gets in. I know people get get angry. He's not a Hall of Famer. It bothers me more when guys don't get in. No. But we are in an age when Scott Rowland and Rondé Barber became Hall of Famers. You know. I, I don't. I think they're just okay players. Now, Everything's watered down. Yeah, and, and it doesn't bother me. I know it bothers you no. probably more than it does me. But that is the era. Regardless of whether people are bothered about it or not, it's where we are. Well, Deion Sanders has been outspoken about it the last couple of years. I remember – Circa 2002, 2003, Reggie Jackson called me from the Los Angeles freeway. And I still have that on tape. Maybe I'll play it during the, uh, the, uh, the dog days of the summer. Openly complaining then about, about how they were letting guys into the Hall of Fame that, that didn't earn it. Hey, listen, Rock Reigns should not be in the Hall of Fame, okay? I mean, there are certain players that you can just look at and say, they should not be there, but we, you know, I, I don't know what it is. We've gotten a lot softer when it comes to allowing folks to come on in and be a part of it. So, yeah, I guess the flip side is, you know, if it's Fred Taylor and Jimmy Smith, I think all of us around here will be happy about it. Yep, but that's right. seeing some others go in is a little bit disappointing. Uh, tonight, I'm guessing we'll get your Super Bowl pick. Super Bowl picks coming up. Yeah, some props with the Philly Rooster live from Vegas. He's got the latest there. Uh, you know, I haven't had an itch in 10 plus years. But how can you Ooh, actually? How can you actually think that Jalen Hurts is not going to score Ooh, a touchdown with his feet? You got an itch. Don't I mean, you, you get. I, and, know, I can see the itch. I can feel it. From yeah, over and and the other one for me, even though he tries to be crazy, is uh, Kelsey's going to catch more than six footballs, right? Think, you would think, right? Unless he Rick, snaps Rick, a limb. Go for it. It's only been ten years. <laughs> Please don't say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's only been ten years. Go for it. All righty, I may. <laughs> Rick Falu goes into the night. Uh, folks, that'll do it for our program. Hey, enjoy the Super Bowl. It's going to be it's a, one of the fun weekends of the year for sports fans. I think it's going to be a really good game. We'll be back here Monday to talk about it. And, Carline, someone's wearing the hat. Can't wait to you see. Want to hand, you want to hand well, them the hat or to take the picture? Because you and I'll I take kinda, the picture. Okay, You're I'll sort of the, the master you, of yeah, ceremonies. I will. I'll hand them the hat. You take the picture. I can't Sounds wait. Sounds good. Uh, you, you wearing We're not wearing a hat, are we? I think I'm fine this year. I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> folks, that's our program. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, for Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Franzi. So long.